What's going on everybody? Drone on here with you. It feels good to be back. It's a Monday night, March 13th, 2023. How's everybody doing out there? What's going on, Alec? How are you doing, my friend? We'll go ahead and get you in here if you want to take this game in. I'm not sure if uh, Cooper Hopkins is going to be joining me or not, but uh, if not, here Alec, you are more than welcome to take this play-by-play uh, -play color, whatever you want to do here tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and throw out these starting lineups here first. So it's the Dallas Stars, 36-17-13 and 13 on the season. Rope Hints, Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Merrill Heiskanen, and Colin Miller. Wyde Johnson, Jimmy Ben, Evgeny Dodonov, Essel Lindell, and Yanni Hockenpah. Third line sounds like this. It's Max Domi, Mason Marchman, and Ty Delandria. Roddick Foxo, Joel Caravanta, and Frederick Olofsson with Ryan Suter and Joel Hanley on the backhand D-line for Peter DeBoer's squad. It'll be Jake Ottinger in net. And for the Seattle Kraken... 37-22-7, and seven. they are third in the Pacific. It's Matty Beneers, Jared McCann, and Jordan Eberle with Vince Dunn and Adam Larson. Alex Wemberg, Jaden Schwartz, Oliver Bjorkstrand with Jimmy Alexiak and Will Borgen. Yanni Gord, Eli Tolvanen, Jesper Froden with Jacob Magna and Justin Schultz. And the fourth will be Ryan Donato, Brandon Tanev, and Daniel Sprung with Philip Grubauer in net. So this should be a good contest here, Alec, between two teams that are probably going to be playoff teams as we're getting close to the end of the NHL regular season. Oh, yeah, for sure. These two teams have met two nights ago. The Dallas Stars came away with that one for debris in overtime, scored a late goal in regulation, 70 seconds left. That was Joe Pavelski. And the, the winner, sweet feed from Max Domi to Miro Haskinen for the winner. That was a... Nice saucer pass from Domi. You'll be seeing that all over the highlight reel. Pride night in Seattle as well. They announced that. So I have my, uh, admittedly, the Maddie Beneers jersey on, but I am watching the Dallas Stars Belly Sports Southwest feed as we have this game going on tonight. This is the nightcap and not a very busy night in the NHL, but we are underway now as this is flipped in, and this will touch the stick of Grubar as we immediately get a stoppage with 1952. Huh, I was wondering about that stoppage just eight seconds in immediately. That's their first stoppage of the night. So second time in three nights that these two teams have met, and these two teams are looking to get better at playoff positioning. Of course, the Dallas Stars, they're the leaders in the Central Division. The Seattle Kraken are trying to hold off the Edmonton Oilers in for the first spot in the Pacific. Yep, and for Seattle, they're... Uh... Home woes, they're 1-4-1 one, one in their last six, and they've been giving up some goals on the other end. Dallas is in the midst of a six-game road stand. They're going to try to go perfect 6-0, and oh, as you said, in back-to-back -back meetings. But in that stretch, they've uh, scored five games, five goals per game in this small stretch in six games. So Dallas has really found the scoring touch. And they have. Though, though the main issue for Dallas throughout this stretch in the turn of the new year is on special teams. They've killed off just 79% of their penalties over their last 15 games, and they converted just 14.3% of their power play opportunities since the All-Star break. So one of the hottest power plays in the league initially has quickly cooled off. they got to get it back on track. Yeah, we will see how that is. I'm going to go through some of the other scoring numbers for Dallas that I have in front of me because kind of surprised me a little bit. I know I haven't covered the Stars in a little bit, but maybe they're not just a one-line team anymore. As we're really just a minute underway here, we're at Climate Pledge Arena, and the shot gets tipped right out in front, and that was saved by Odinger as it goes up and on a plate. And you talk about the Dallas Stars. No, they're not that same old one-line team that they were in the past two years. But it should be noted, Peter DeBoer spoke highly of Ty Delandria heading into this game, describing him as a Swiss Army knife. 
no matter where he is in the lineup, he's going to make an impact where he is, whether it be on the man advantage or on the penalty kill. Oh my goodness, see that Mason Marshman lost an edge. Yes, he did. You are a little bit ahead of me on that side, so I'll try not to step all over you as well as this gets picked up near the left side of the red line, and now Seattle will try to go left to right. They're in their home navies. That's the one I got now as McCann will flip that one up in the air. This goes off of the left pad of Ottinger, and this will stay with Seattle as Justin Schultz will get this across, and they'll matriculate this around the inboards as McCann might have taken a stick up to the face or something up high, but this is Eberle now holding off the backhand, and he'll just wrap this around the inboards one more time as Matty Beneers will take a look, and this will get lifted there by the stars as they get through the neutral zone. This will go back to Seattle, or in the midst of some changes. And now they have this near the right side wall as they're trying to get around a couple of stars there. That was McCann that lost it, and Jamie Alexiak goes a little bit too far back for him as Carson Soucy will make the pass across, and I'm going to go ahead and pull up the rest of my lines as we get the rest of this in. So this is dumped in here. Near the right side of the red line, there was some good body contact as Brandon Tanham Turbo tried to get a piece of it. Now a sprung on the fourth line side for not a squad there for the Kraken. As this is picked up now near the red line side off an outstretched stick. And this will be played on the left side of the blue line as some more body contact comes together. That was Roddick Foxa, but this will stay with a couple chances here for Seattle. That was Donato with an opportunity on the fourth line, and that got brushed aside by Ottinger. He's got four shutouts in the season. He might be busy here early. Yeah, he is a busy man here early on, and four shutouts on the season. Though as of late, those stats may be getting a little bit brought down. That's, of course, that 64 save performance in Game 7 against Calgary, one to remember, but yes. got to get it around quickly here. And so far, the Otter, he's getting things done. Four saves over the first two, oh, less than 230 of action. I see that Scott Wedgwood is also out for the Dallas Stars, so I kind of wonder what their backup goaltending situation is. I haven't got a chance to take a look at that, so it's going to be Ottinger's net with the foreseeable here until... Wedgwood comes back, and you want to make sure that you can keep him fresh for playoff time as we're back underneath the action now. And this will get picked up with the long outstretched passes. This will get around Jason Robertson. I want to get to his numbers when we get a commercial break as well. The 23-year-old is absolutely elite. He's one of the best players in the NHL. He just continues to get better as this is flipped in across the red line. And this will be picked up here by the defense of the Seattle Kraken off the long outstretched pass. It was Jaden Shorts, but it was a little bit too far for him as he's got to skate back into the neutral zone. They'll just dump this back to D now with Will Borgen. So it's Will Borgen and Jamie Alexiak on that second line, and Alexiak was the former star as this is picked up by Haskinen. And here's a good setup, but it was blocked as Wyatt Johnson tried to let one go, and now he tries to just shoot a slap shot and it bakes it on Martin Jones. Wow! The youngster... Getting it done here early, White Johnson with another goal for the Dallas Stars, and this rookie has been hot. I believe that's goal number 17 for him, so there's the initial shot that was blocked right in front, so see what that Adam Larson had that block. The, yeah, that was a tight shot, a low percentage shot, and then, oh my goodness, just got it over right the shoulder. That was one of the weird goals that Martin Jones has given up. Well, he, he really wants this one back. But I think this is, yeah, this, I think this is Evgeny Dadanov, if I'm guessing this. Yeah, Dadanov was parked right in front. So was Will Borgen. But it was Dadanov who got the tip on Jones and going right through the net. Of course, Jones wants this one back. So you're telling me that's going to bounce off the right side wall and in between the forearm of Evgeny Dadanov, the former Vegas Golden Knight, 
And that one goes in off Martin Jones. Wow, so three goals in the last eight games of the Stars for Dodonov. I remember last year he was a power play specialist for the Golden Knights, but he could certainly put the puck in the net, and he's done so here for Dallas. They scored the first goal on the second shot as this is dumped in. Ottinger will take a look, and now Seattle trying to make a press here as Manny Beneers will try to get around to with Jordan Eberle. And again, as we talked about with Seattle in their last six at home, they're 1-4-1, and one, and they've been conceding a lot of goals, and they're going to want that one back for sure, as Alex said. So this is played across the left side wall now, as this eludes Megna. He was the pickup from the San Jose Sharks, and this will touch the stick of Martin Jones. Seattle will try to go left to right in this first period. About 15.55 left to go in this first. It's a one nothing lead. Evgeny Dodonov has got the lone goal right now for the Dallas Stars. As this is now near the left side of the post for Ottinger. Try to be kept in there off the backhand. But good active stick check by Roddick Fox. So just knock that away. And this will go back here for the Kraken. As they'll make an outstretch pass from about 40 feet. Bank this in off the left side board. And now this will be a race for the puck. Now Donato tries to get to there first, but here come the Stars. They're going to try to go right to left. They have the victory green top with the white shirt as they go off sides. A great forecheck by Dallas on the other side. They've been responding in kind on, on that other goal. Denying Seattle a chance on getting that, those offensive opportunities on the other side. Vince Dunn riding a nine-game point streak heading into tonight. He's at 13 points in this point streak, so he wants to build on that and gain some momentum, he's definitely looking for a pay raise here in Seattle. Yes, and I want to highlight this. I know it's the easy button. Jason Robertson, 38 goals, 45 assists, 83 points in the season, and a plus 29 for the 23-year-old. So he's always one to watch on that scouting report. As he gained the entry now for Seattle, and this is picked up off the backhand. Essa Lindell's got some trouble with it. I thought this was near the left pad of Jake Ottinger, but somehow this goes the other way for Dallas off of the flip, off the bank. This is not cleared as Oliver Bjorkstrand will get this in. Now send this back around the net. They try to go for a cross pass, but that gets picked off by Essa Lindell. He's close to a plus 30 on the season. The back end for Dallas has been elite. And the question you have is for Peter DeBoer, if you're going to get those same defensive numbers with that offense, you've got both. This is a very talented Dallas team. And now this is in behind the office of Martin Jones. This will be flipped into the neutral zone as Dallas will go back and pick it up. They'll gain the red line and do the same thing as Martin Jones makes the quick pass. Alexiak gets a turnover. And now Dallas, a chance in the slot for Dodonov. And we're going to get a penalty call. He's going to be holding on Yanni Gord. Sam for uh, Gord, the former Tampa Bay Lightning team member who won two Stanley Cups with them. There's two more minutes for him. That brings his total up to 57. Off that turnover from who I believe was Jamie Oleksiak, which it was, it lands right to the stick of Dadanov. And I believe and that wasn't holding, that was hooking. I, 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 I think that was more hooking than holding. Well, actually, they call it slashing. But he was interfering with the shooting yeah. lane that Dadanov was is trying to go through, just sticking it right up right around the waist. So as I see right now on the par play side for the Stars, it's Pavelski, Ben, Hintz, Heskinen, and Robertson as they have the four forwards and one D like most of them like to do. And you have Robertson in the back end for the one-timer off a of face-off, but instead this will go to Heiskanen. It gets set up after a couple of quick passes and a chance right out of front and Dallas scores! That was beautiful, Alec! 2 nothing. Man, Martin Jones was out of his crease on that chance. Jamie Benn banking this in right to the empty net. You want money to go to the bank. Of course, that's what Jamie Benn is doing here on that chance. That sweet feed to Jason Robertson, 
The initial save by Jones, and then Ben catches him way out the crease. Beautiful save by Jones, even better goal by Ben, as he left a loose rebound right in front. That's I, something that has been bugging Seattle as of late, no matter which goaltender they've been using, whether it be Martin Jones or Philip Grubauer, has been ailing them under two years of existence. Ab absolutely. The 28th goal of the season, Alec, for Jamie Ben. That is an absolute resurgent season for a guy you knew still had it, but maybe not to this extent, as he's been one of the best Dallas stars. The captain's still getting it done. And now Dallas tries to keep this in. Somebody blows a tire. It's Matty Badeers off the cross pass. And that one he probably should have shot, as this is picked up now for Seattle. They'll flip this in deep in the defensive zone as Mason Marchment got stick-lifted, but this will go now with the Stars and a great cross pass. As this is picked up, a Marchman gets his pocket picked by Maddie, and then Marchman will get it back off the one-on-three. He'll fire it on, and this is near the left side of the red line now, so it's two goals to nothing, four shots apiece, and Dallas is way out in front right now, most in a season since 2017-18 for the captain. As this is picked up now near the left side wall, Turbo tries to get a piece of it, but this will go back to Essa Lindell. Lindell will drop this here for Yanni Hockenpah and slam this around the kick plate as this gets into the neutral zone. And now here's a chance for Jamie Alexiak, about six foot six of him, I believe, but maybe I'm a couple inches off on that side. As this is picked up, Donato will make this pass, and this gets taken away from the former Washington Capitol, Daniel Sprong. As Dallas gets a chance to settle back into the offensive zone, where they just look completely comfortable here, Alec. 12.50 left to go in this first. I was hoping this would be a great nightcap, but right now this seems like a one-sided game on a very not-so-busy NHL night as this is picked up off the back end, and Seattle will try this one more time. Here's a chance for Sprong, and he had no help on the other end as everybody must have been in the middle of a line change, and here comes Jamie Benny, just scored his 26. This is a good drop there. As this gets wrapped around the inboards in this cross pass was a good idea, but Jaden Short's got a piece of it. And now Oliver Bjorkstrand will just watch this go off the inboards, but not before Jake Ottinger holds. Oh, dang. Good start so far for Dallas. And, and what I thought was going to be an upset between Detroit and Boston that one night when the Bruins clinched a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. The Red Wings jumped out to a 2 nothing lead early. But then was the Bruins ending up winning 3-2 on mm -hmm. that one night. On their 50th win of the season. Though the Red Wings got their revenge the, the following night. That was a back-to-back -back set. So that goes to show that anything can happen over the NHL. So, and there are no guarantees on if a lead is safe. In fact, no lead is safe. And they always say the two-goal lead, the most dangerous lead in hockey. Yes, it is. And I agree with your point in totality there, Alec. I just want to see, and I think a lot of the fans do as well, for anyone that follows Seattle, they've got to be able to be a little bit better at home. They're just 16-13-4. That is just very average for a team that has 81 points in the season because the back end on the away side, 21-9-3. They're one of the very best road teams, but they got to figure out a way to win some games at Climate Pledge. Yeah, in, in, a, in a site where normally where you have your fans rooting for you, you got to be able to get those wins at home. And Seattle, for one of the better road warriors on the team, got to back that up at home as well. Some other teams that I look at to have that same exact argument, teams like the New Jersey Devils and Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, I'm looking at that now, and that speaks to your point. You're absolutely correct. I think Buffalo might actually get a big win tonight. I know they are in action. They were 
playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were down 2-0. They end up taking the 4-3 edge. We'll get a chance to look at that right now as we're in the middle of a commercial break. So William Nylander got a goal at 18.58 to try to get the 4-3, but it was four straight goals for the Sabres. Jack Quinn, Alex Tuck, Cousins, and Tuck again as it was a 4-2 lead that ultimately held to a 4-3 win. Matt Murray gives up four again, 25 out of 29. And uh, Craig Anderson, the Hamburglar, 25 out of 28. He gets the win for Buffalo. Well, not exactly the Hamburglar because that's Andrew Hammond who Thank just you. recently <laughs> announced retirement. But, hey, at 41 years old, he's still showing no signs of slowing down. No, oh, absolutely. You got to be able to get it. You got to be able to get it done. And Uko Pekalukkanen can't play every game, so we'll get to the other final that was there. There's only one other game that was being played tonight between Colorado and uh, the Canadians. I think that one was an absolute pasting by the Avalanche as they picked up two points. So this is picked up now off of the faceoff win, and Yanni Gord tries to get a stick in there as this will go back D to D. Picked up here by Larson, and so he'll send this around one more time. And Yanni Gord was looking like a top. He got spinned around there with a stick up high. He picks it up off the backhand now near the left side of the red line. But Stars are just making life difficult back in the end as Heiskanen gets hit. He took an elbow. I think that's going to be a penalty against the Kraken again. Well, we're going to wait the official call. It seems that the officials are trying to break things up. This puck may have been played by a high stick, I'm guessing, but it seems that... On my end, I've seen players getting to the benches. Let's see here. No, it seems that nobody's going to the box here. The space up is going to come outside Seattle's attacking end. Are so no penalties here. I'm surprised on that end because I thought when I saw Heiskin get up a little high there that he might get in the call one. He got pretty close for Seattle. But as you said, we're back underneath the play. It's 11.45 left to go in the first drawn on here with you. Being joined by Alec Nava as we take this one in at Climate Pledge Arena. It's been a while since I've been in a live broadcast. It's been about a week. So it's good to be back on the mic here and take this game in. as Robertson now for hints. And this one will get fired. This goes wide to the right side of the glass, just over the glove hand of Martin Jones. And now here come the Kraken as they'll flip this in. Jaden Shorts will get this near the left side of the wing. And picked up now off a cross pass. This is a chance for Bjorkstrand off the drop pass. Into the traffic. It was saved by Ottinger, but it's still loose. And now this will get into the offensive end. And now Shorts got to get back there to play this pass back because Robertson was given a chase at it, but he's going to go ahead and take a change. The rest of the line one is going to get moved out here for the Dallas Stars, and this gets intercepted on the other end. Dallas has been all over this puck right now. This Fox will watch this go on the end boards with Ty Delandria, and this is kept in by Esselindel near the left side of the blue line. And now Eberle keep this off the forehand, but good work by Dallas one more time as they're just staying with this on the forecheck. They force a steal in the middle of the circle. This goes off of the Right pad of Martin Jones, and this will stay in. Essa Lindell will play this across. Now near the right side of the faceoff dot, as this is still alongside the wall, Dallas will not relinquish this puck. This is picked up in the middle of the circles and fired just wide above the glass. As now McCann lost the puck, but this will go back into the defensive end here for the Seattle Kraken as they'll attempt to go left to right. They'll play a pass that actually goes away from the Zebra. There was no Kraken in sight as Heiskanen will get a piece of it. Flip it back in. And now Will Borgen has this in behind the office of his netminder. This will play the pass. Daniel Sprung will drop it back here for Borgen. And Borgen's going to attempt to make a 100-foot pass. I think he iced it, though. 9.55. I don't really know if that was an, an, 
a, a time to call icing because it seemed that Tanev was getting to the uh, was getting to the puck first in, in the foot race as the puck was going right behind the goal line. I don't get why they called icing on Seattle because I thought that Tanev was gonna get to that. In, in my opinion, they should have waved that icing off, but you know it's their call, not mine. One of those situations too, Alec, where the crowd's gonna agree with you. I know we're at home and where the uh, allegiance lies, but they seem to think Brandon Tanev was gonna get there too. The camera cut so fast I couldn't tell to be honest. Is Dave Hextall doesn't look too happy though. He can say that. But 9:55, we're gonna get a commercial break apparently, so we will check right back in, and it's still a two-nothing lead for the Dallas Stars. So as we're looking right through through this TV timeout, it was just announced by the Carolina Hurricanes that Andre Sveshnikov. And this is unfortunate news for Carolinas because he's one of the top goal scorers for them. He's out indefinitely with a torn ACL. Oh. I saw that just before we started the broadcast when Elliot Friedman put that out there. And I'm thinking, oh boy, Alec, because I, I understand he didn't get a chance to get Max Patch ready this year. He was coming back from the same type of injury and now for... Svechnikov, that's going to be a hefty blow for Carolina. I still think that they're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, but when everybody else has loaded up, as you know, man, it's it's going to be difficult for Carolina to replace somebody like that. It's very hard to replace somebody like that. And it's even more painful when you think that the fact that they were in on the Timo Meyer sweepstakes but lost out to New Jersey in the end. Vegas right. was the other interested team. But Vegas instead went after Ivan Barbashev and Teddy Bluger. But New Jersey is loading up. Carolina? What do they do by now? Did he put Table Caravina on the top line with Seth Jarvis? What do they do on that second line now that Sveshnikov is out and Caravina is bumped up? Where do they put Jesse Poyarvi? What did he do with the lines now? Now that they missed out on Meyer. I, I think you're right on point A as far as Tivo Teravainen, but he's not exactly had the uh, lighten-up goal-scoring season correct on that end. And Jesse Pugliarvi, for the high pick that he's been several years ago, he's still relatively unproven. So there is a hole, and, and your questions are correct. It's going to be something that's going to have to be answered, and I'm not sure you really can find answers to those types of questions. Oh, that, that's the other thing. Plus, they, they only gave up a, a prospect who might not even play for the Oilers to get Poyo Yarvi? And Poyo Yarvi, he's more of a reclamation project by right. this point because his, given the way he did, given this whole saga in Edmonton, he wasn't really going to fit out there because this, that wasn't really the best exact fit for them in any sense. No, you're right. I mean, the only thing you can think about, and this is a long shot, the finish speaking Sebastian Ajo with Pulley Arby, see if you can make some magic, but you're just grasping at straws at that point. As Heiskanen will rip one, and Martin Jones makes the save off of several screens. That was another dangerous chance, and I remember when you talk about several screens in front, twice in the last two years I saw the Dallas Stars and the team that they're facing line up at a straight line in an attempt to screen the goalies that they're facing. That happened against Phil Grubauer two nights ago. It happened with Jacob Markstrom against Calgary. So, so maybe history repeating itself there. That sounds like an absolute nightmare when you go ahead and talk about that, unless you're a Stars fan. <laughs> this is picked up now. Off the back end, Heiskanen has this one pinball. This actually goes off of a couple of uh, saddle crack, and his turbo will try to get a piece of it now, Tanev. He was off on his lonesome there to go ahead and skate, but this is back in the other end as 
Oregon had to absorb a hit, and now Dallas again. They almost tried to force another turnover there with Haskinen, and this will go all the way back in the Dallas end. So 9-20, left to go in the first drone under within the play-by-play, -play, joined by Alec Nava as we take in this NHL nightcap. Just three games on the slate right now, and this is the one that we're looking at as this gets flipped in from 100 feet from Jimmy Benn and held by Jones. And in case you're wondering about the other game, the Colorado Avalanche absolutely dismantled the Montreal Canadiens 8-4. to four. Oh. Goodness gracious. Eight goals. How many did, uh, let's just see if we see Nathan McKinnon on the score sheet. I see one. So you only needed to get one for them to score eight. My goodness. And we'll get more into that once we get another commercial break. Martin Jones makes the save, and we get some pushing and shoving. Wyatt Johnson got knocked back into next week as Jimmy Benn. He's kind of uh, soft-serving as far as he speaks, but he will punch you in the face as they're making sure that they keep the space in their goaltender clean for Martin Jones. And Jamie Benn. And I don't mean any puns, but he's having a renaissance this season. Yeah. 61 points so far. I'm thinking it's 62 now. And now Joe Pavelski joins the 60-point club. That's now four guys on the Dallas Stars who have 60 points on the season. The other two being Robey Hintz and, without a doubt, Jason Robertson. And when you think about that, Alec, in the long term, that is so needed for the Dallas Stars, as we talked about, that have been so line one heavy. I mean, just even at the last year marker, it's like 50% of their offense just coming from one line, but now it's spread out a little bit more, and this gives Dallas a legitimate opportunity to not only just win around in the playoffs, but kind of go deep, because this team's pretty good all the way across the board as we get an offsides. So there we go for another offsides. So the whole thing for Seattle is that they're a little bit slumping right after the All-Star break, because mm -hmm. they are... I see here on the record, they're 8-7-2 and two since the break. And, and the big problem is the goaltending is they're giving up 3.47 goals a game since the NHL resumed action from that break. Yeah, and there really isn't going to be a lot of help coming on that side because between Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer, you're lucky if you have a uh, goaltending that's below four. I mean, they're about three and a half at this point, and that's just not going to get it done. As this is picked up now by Oliver Bjorkstrand near the right side wall. He'll just wrap this around the inboards now as Seattle just try to get some puck possession and get some chances. They haven't done too many of those as Bjorkstrand makes the play off his knees. Enough backhand for Jaden Schwartz as he tried to center one out in front. Carson Soucy will step up to go ahead and make a pass, but this is stick lifted and intercepted. Rope Hintz will get all the way back, and this will get cleared into the neutral zone across the Seattle Kraken tentacle as this gets picked up now by Jake Ottinger. Now here for Ryan Suter, the former Nashville Predator, is on the third line nowadays, and again, even at this point, a little bit long in the tooth, but Ryan Suter can still get the job done, especially as a back-end bottom six defense. As this is picked up now by Jordan Eberle, this brushes the stick of Jake Ottinger off the dump-in. And Matty Beneers will play this one across the boards. This gets loose out in front for Jared McCann. And he got denied by Jake Ottinger. He didn't even have to really move for that one. As some body contact will come together. Ty Delandria gets smoked near the Kraken bench. And this will get picked up by Matty Beneers. No look back pass. And that one gets fired a little wide as McCann will set this one back up to the D. It's saved by Ottinger. This stays with Seattle. A battle out in front as this try to get picked up by Eberle. 
And now Seattle gains a steal. Now they're starting to get some puck possession. Matty Beneers will get this across the blue line as this is picked up now by Larson. He'll send this back to the D. Fake it across for the one-timer. And that one was fired just wide of the right post as the fans almost seem to get up out of their seats on that one. 6.50 left to go on this first. Now nine shots to six as some of the fans are saluting Jake Ottinger a little bit, and I don't mind that as this is picked up now by Daniel Sprong. But he gets the puck taken away from him. As now this will go the other way here for Dallas. Larson trying to be the first to it for Seattle. As he gets a thunderous hit there, does Larson. Didn't have a lot of momentum on it, though, but he still made the man pay. As this is picked up by Seattle into the neutral zone off a couple of stick lifts. It was Vince Dunn who tried to get out a little forward near the right side of the red line. And this is picked up now off the center and off the cross pass. And that should have been picked up by one of the Kraken. It maybe should have been converted as well, but he didn't get either. As Tanev will get this across the right side wall. This is wrapped around. See if Dallas can actually get this, as they're absorbing a lot of hits now. Seattle seems to find a little gear, but here comes Ben. He's got 26 on the season right now with his first one in this game. Ben will get this near the left side of the red line as more Seattle players will come together. Jamie Alexiak is trying to hold Wyatt Johnston. But this will go back to the D side for Essel Lindell as he'll get this across and behind the office of Martin Jones near the left side of the red line. 535 left to go in this first. This stays in. Johnson will take his time. He'll shoot it with the wrist shot. And this gets blocked by a host of stars and Kraken. But this gets picked up by Genny Dodonov. And he'll wire one. But this goes off the right side of the boards. This is still capped in, though, by Dallas. Off the backhand as Dodonov will try to get a piece of it. Now Eli Tolvanen will get it intercepted. And here comes Carson Soucy. He'll be patient. He'll play this across to his defensive partner. And they'll make a nice 40-foot pass as Seattle gains the entry. Yanni Gord looking for a sauce all the way across in the left side circle. This goes off the end. Gord's it in. Seattle gets a bounce. It's Yanni Gord. Two to one. There you go. All the hard work that Seattle has been enjoying throughout this game over the last few minutes. All sorts of great opportunities. Even the best ones that they had so far in this period. And finally, they get rewarded with it. It's that initial shot. It was Yanni Gord. He was trying to pass it across to Ely Tolvin. I'm not sure about that. But if, if that was, he banked that off the leg of Joe Pavelski. And it, bought, and it bounced its way <laughs> into the net. Man, the puck had eyes right there. And Gord, a two-time Stanley Cup champion in Tampa, he gets his crowd rolling. He certainly did there, Alec, and you're right. I mean, it was a lot of hard work that probably should have been converted a little earlier, but you get a greasy one that bounces off Joe Pavelski, and now Seattle gets the steal, and this is a game again. But as you said, with the two-goal lead, the way Seattle's played, never really out of this, but you want to see them make that press at Climate Predge, and they're halfway now to doing so as it's now 2-1. to one. And Larson will get a piece of it now as this goes just away from Oliver Bjorkstrand as the Zebra's going to get out of the way near the right side of the red line. And this is quickly taken the other way as this is an opportunity for the Chicago Blackhawk, Max Domi. And we get some contact as Robertson got knocked down. It was Justin Schultz who ran into Jason Robertson. Uh, there. We'll see if there's going to be a penalty after this. But so far, 2-1 Dallas, 4-21 left in the opening period. Yanni Gord with the latest goal for Seattle. So let's get our reset now. As we're in the middle of commercial break. So it was getting to Donov at 313 from Wyatt Johnson and Meryl Heiskanen 
And then Jamie Benn on the par play again is 28th of the season at 543 from Jason Robertson and Joe Pa. And then Yanni Gord right at the 15-minute marker. He just scored off of a bank from Joe Pavelski. It was Yanni Gord with his 11th from Vince Dunn, his 42nd. And Jesper Froden, I hope I'm saying that correctly, with his second apple of the year. It's 2-1 lead for Dallas with 422 in the first. And the recent AHL call, Jesper Froden getting things done for Seattle. Fitting in with Jaden Schwartz and Alex Wenberg over their line. And Froden, 28 years old, 5'10", 176 pounds from Stockholm. Even though he was recently called up from the AHL just because he's played eight games so far, including tonight for the Kraken. And that maybe and his AHL career may be just getting started by this point. That doesn't mean he can't make an impact. Right. So far, just the second apple of the year, and he's getting things done quickly. Froden, how about that for the newcomer? And thank you for that. Absolutely, Alec Nava. He does his homework, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great opportunity to have him on the broadcast. Because I said Alec picks me up a lot of times when we end up doing these games. So I'm going to go ahead and take a look at tomorrow's schedule because we just don't have his... A lot of games going on tonight. I was thinking about doing the Carolina-Winnipeg game. We'll see if that one is going to change. But it's uh, Jets and Hurricanes, and then Caps and Rangers, Lightning Devils. They're going to meet, I think, three times in the span of a week and a half. There's going to be some good ones. And then for the Canadians, they're going to want to bounce back against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But, Alec, your team's doing well. I think Pittsburgh is going to pick up those two points tomorrow. Easier said than done, as that's what they all say. And the Penguins, ever since the trade deadline, they've been rolling as of late. The big acquisitions, being Ron Hextall and the front office led by Brian Burke, they've waken up and realized that there's a problem going on with that bottom six. And, and with all those patches, maybe that can spark a march of the Penguins here. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that when we get in the first intermission as a slap shot in between the circles that gets saved by Martin Jones. Another one of the Dallas Stars are down. As this goes away from Jordan Eberle and Jaden Shorts has to go back. It's Ty DeLandry. Ty DeLandry going to wait near the left side circle. They're going to fire one on. And this bounces off a couple Seattle Kraken. Now this is picked up in behind the net. Will Borgen will make his outstretched pass for Jordan Eberle. And this will get solved by Dallas. And this banks off of the Zebra. Picked up now by Dallas as they try to get back into the offensive zone. They're offside. He's going to peel back. And this pass will go to Essa Lindell with 3.40 left to go in the first. It's 11 shots to 7, and Dallas is up 2-1 on the score sheet against the Seattle Kraken. We're at Columbia Pledge Arena watching this one on ESPN+. Plus. I have the Valley Sports Southwest feed as we're taking this one in right now. And Donato will watch this go around the end boards. Daniel Sprung tries to get a piece of it. Picked up off the backhand as Foxa will get this set back up. This goes off the right pad. A Martin Jones, and from a sharp angle, this gets fired up and out of play. Got to keep your head up over there. Always got to keep your head up, whether it be when taking shots or when you're getting hit up high. And Ryan Suter taking that long blast. Not sure if this gets blocked off the shaft of a stick, but if it may have, that may play a factor in that going out of play. And, and that also applies if you're a fan. Always seek medical attention if you're dealt a big blow right to your head. Or whenever you get you get hit with a puck. 
Always got to put that safety first. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep your head up out there. It's 190 to 172. That's a stat from the Valley Sports Southwest feed as far as even strength goals. Seattle leads that, and Dallas is six with 172. So if you want to tell me why these teams are headed for a playoff spot when you excel on even strength, that's how you get it done. So should make for an interesting contest here as it's now 2-1. And here's a chance that gets brushed aside while Borgen was off the outstretch, and that was saved by Ottinger as it's 255 left to go in this first. One of the stick gets knocked out of the hands of the Dallas Stars, but they'll pick it back up on their own in a suitor. We'll try to clear it. And now this will get across the player's bench, but this stays in the offensive end. Yanni Hockenpah, he's the one lurking in the middle of the slot trying to cover some of these Seattle Kraken as it's now it's Larson. He took a slow shot into the screen, and that was closed up five-hole by Ottinger as Haskinen got stapled again. There's been a pretty heavy contact here between both of these teams as Larson will get this one from Martin Jones with 2.20 left to go in this first frame. It's a 2-1 lead drawn on here with him. The play-by-play joined by Alec Nava as we get this NHL nightcap. This is getting across the red line now. It's a race for Jake Ottinger. will play it quickly. Dallas will look to collect and this will be flipped back near the left side of the red line and we'll try this again as Yanni Hockenpah with an outstretched pass and that was played nicely off the backhand as he tried to get a chance for Jason Robertson. Now this goes across the left side of the red line. Collected now by Dallas. Thought they might try to center this one right out. But this was poked away by Seattle before they can get that chance. Here's a good outstretched pass from Dunn to Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand tries to play this near the left side of the dot. And this will be picked up here by Dallas. Now with Essa Lindell. Lindell with the long flip. As this goes across the tentacle S. And this is iced. Bowden, good break for Seattle to get at that pocket just across the goal line for the icing. But then, uh, as we see on the other end, Jesper Froden in his eighth game as a member of the Seattle Kraken, still making big impacts here. Just keeping this in right at the offensive zone. So, uh, Seattle trying to get those crucial two points to pull ahead of Edmonton. It, three points ahead of Edmonton in the Western Conference standings here in the Pacific Division. So, they're trying to hold them off. But Froden, we can talk about him over at the intermission. Yes, we can. And as you talked about, Seattle's going to stay where they are tonight no matter what. But as Alex said, it's be a big two points because Edmonton can certainly take that spot away from them tomorrow. And they could be sitting in the wild card as he goes up and out of play with 123 left. Great blocker saved by Jake Ottinger. Knowing that there was a, a high screen right in front of him. Seeing that slap shot right in front, got just enough of that to send that as puck right over to the netting of that blocker save. And I got a piece of a, a diving leg block there for the Dallas Stars. I have to make sure I get a number on that. That might have been Colin Miller that got a piece of that out of the air before the save from Ottinger. That was a good look at it. As this is picked up now by Dallas, but now this be a chance for Schwartz. And this goes just away from his stick as now Colin Miller will make the outstretched pass into the neutral zone. Try to find Mason Marchman, but here's Max Domi. But he got stick lifted from behind him off of an active stick check there for the Seattle Kraken. And Schultz will play this to an empty wing. This is now for Jared McCann. And Schultz will have to go back in his own end as they'll try to go left to right of the Seattle Kraken. Again, they scored the latest goal as this goes away from Matty Beneers. Colin Miller will try to get this here for... Roddick Foxa, but this is kept in by Seattle. Seattle trying to get through a couple stick checks, and now it's Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment with his touch pass. He finds Foxa as he's canceled off near the left side of the wall by Carson Soucy. 
And this gets picked up by Ali Tolvanen. Tolvanen now is going to continue to skate with it. He'll make the long outstretch pass off the back. It was Jamie Alexiak that set it up in the middle of the slot. For some reason, Seattle didn't shoot. They turn it over the other way. And now Olafson's chance gets denied by the left pad of Jones. And this will go here now for Esselindell. He'll put this in off the window. Five seconds left to go. Wyatt Johnson, he's stuck near the right side of the red line. Looks like that's going to end the first period. 2-1 Dallas. And 14 to 10, the shots in favor to Stars here to wrap up this first period. That's something that we're going to keep an eye on because both of these teams, the defense for Dallas has been faltering as of late, even though they're good on paper. Those they're, they have Nils Lundqvist out of an injury. He's not on the IR. He's a scratch from the lineup tonight. And the other two injuries that are note: Scott Wedgwood and Tyler Sagan. Sagan has been doing that injury as of late, and Wedgwood, since he is injured, that inserts Matt Murray of St. Albert, Alberta into the lineup as the backup goaltender, Jake Ottinger. So I know what you're thinking when I mention the name Matt Murray. Yes. <laughs> so starting goalie, Toronto Maple Leafs, but that's the Thunder Bay, Ontario, Matt Murray, who's a 1A, 1B for the Leafs. This Matt Murray just recently called up from the Texas Stars who play in Austin. And Murray, as a backup, well, not too shabby. And you know what? You have two Matt Murrays, but don't you also have two Sebastian Ajos, one in Carolina and one for the New York Islanders? <laughs> now that I think about that, that's, all, that's also true because, you know, Sebastian Ajo, the franchise centerman for the Carolina Hurricanes, showing up big every game in and out, no matter what, for Carolina. And then you got Sebastian Ajo, the New York Islanders. Solid defenseman there, but he's not one, though he's not one of the better ones, he can still contribute. There, he's been having quite a season for them. And I thought that Robin Sowell was gonna crack the regular lineup. I guess not. He's over with the Bridgeport Islanders in the AHL. But Otto of the Islanders fitting well with Noah Dobson. Yes, and that's a name I haven't heard of in a while. And Solo, you uh, you helped uh, raise my memory banks when you said that. So as we talked about, fourteen shots to ten in favor of the Stars. They get a two-one lead. The hits are eight to three in favor of Seattle, and this is a stat that I got from the Valley Sports Southwest side. So Dallas is the first; uh, they have the best ranking in faceoffs at fifty-four percent, and Seattle is dead last. They're at forty-three percent. They're losing the faceoff circle fourteen to seven right now, and uh, one power play, one power play goal. That's it, and that's all right now. Is it's a two-one lead for Dallas. So. Let's just do this. I know it's been a while since I've done this broadcast. I'm probably a little rusty. I've been trying to watch some of these games and figure out everything that's been going on. But what's been going on with you, Alec, as far as uh, covering games for yourself? Well, I, I came back to campus, so, so I was getting set to get back into that sense of familiarity back then. So because spring break here, mm -hmm. back here, and then also because... Last semester here in college, so maybe got some plans going up. I, I, I just don't know when. But then over the other side of things, and, and one of my previous casts, I think it was the Avalanche and Kings in one of those games. This question really popped up to me because I know some of the famous, uh, you know, about this famous cartoon, South Park, and, and that the LA Kings show videos of the, the South Park shorts there. And it has, has me wondering, if Eric Cartman is truly an L.A. Kings fan or if the Kings are paying him to do their videos with occasional appearances from the other South Park boys. <laughs> kind of a funny plot to think about. 
Ah, uh, you gotta love that though. I think the LA Kings with the some of the stuff that they do, they are one of the very best as far as uh, making people laugh and trying to get everything uh, aptitude with culture as far as the LA Kings are concerned. They're really good. The one thing I didn't expect though, when you're thinking about the LA Kings, is moving on from Jonathan Quick and he seems to find a new home there in Vegas so far, hasn't he? Yeah, free wins to start out his his Golden Knights stint in what could be one of his last years of his NHL career. But who knows if he's going to get a new deal after this season or if he goes to retirement home. And my best guess, if he retires after this season, I am for sure that he retires as a king. Brought them to two Stanley Cups and was as their franchise goalie throughout that time. I mean, if you look at the accolades, it's funny enough when I look at this because he never won the Vezina Trophy. But he came closest to it in the first year of the Stanley Cups, in which he won the Conn Smythe. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty interesting situation with Jonathan Quick, and I agree with you as far as his retirement. I think that's probably going to be close to it. He's going to retire as a Golden Knight, whether or not this is his last year. But the treatment of goalies in particular for Vegas, I think that's what made that thing pretty interesting for me. And you know what I'm talking about with Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, Robin Leonard's been injured, but... Goalies have seemed to be a uh, dime a dozen there in Vegas, so hopefully they can figure that out, and they're still waiting for Logan Thompson to return to full health. And the reason why I was saying I wasn't as confident, because I haven't done a broadcast a little over a week here on the side of it, try to look at the standings and see where things are. Uh, there's one team that's really surprising me right now in the West here, Alec. That's the Minnesota Wild. They're just a point out of the lead in the central right now. They've been on fire lately, even though they haven't scored a lot of goals. They're not conceding anything. That's the good news for Minnesota, along with possibly finding a new franchise goaltender for them in Philip Gustafson that they acquired from trading away Cam Talbot. So maybe that's a blessing in disguise, considering all the circumstances. Maybe a sneaky Vezina candidate, though inevitably... It, it may it go to Linus Olmark because he's been having a season. Yeah. But Gustafson, they found an absolute gem in net in him. Because Marc-Andre Fleury was perceived that he would be, this would possibly be his last year as a starter, but now it seems that Gustafson has taken their full-time reigns as a starter in net. The bad news, they don't have Kirill Kaprizov, possibly for the rest of this month. He'll return in time for the playoffs. That's that's the good news for them, additionally, when you add on to the good news. But Kaprizov being out, it makes things tougher when you're in the Minnesota Wild. And you need to stay in that second spot and hold off the Colorado Avalanche as much as possible in the standings because they're creeping up right to second place. I want to throw this out there, too, to follow up. So let's assume that everything is going to be okay with Kaprizov. And I, I, you're going to be right. He's going to be back for the playoffs and things will be fine. But is Minnesota one of those teams that can be sneaky in the West as far as uh, maybe winning a couple rounds or just because they don't score enough, you might not think so? I just want to get your thoughts on it. Maybe so, but that all depends if they uh, can get the scoring together. My main concern outside of scoring is the center depth. I don't know if they, they truly have a, a true centerman outside of Joel Erickson, but center depth has been a problem that Minnesota's been facing over the past two seasons. At times, they've alternated between Sam Steele and Ryan Hartman as the centerman between Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, which is not really ideal because normally you'd want a true number one centerman to be anchoring that top line when you have a superstar or player on that first line. You see Dallas, they have Rope Hintz as yeah. the first line center. That's a true number one centerman. 
when you have alongside Jason Robertson. And you go around the league, Sidney Crosby, another number one true centerman. Evgeny Malkin has number one true centerman potential, and he's showed that for his entire career. You go to Washington, where you have Alex Ovechkin on the wing. And, and that's a swap between Evgeny Kuznetsov and Nicholas Baxter for his career as the yeah. number one center option. So what you need to find, for if, for, if you're Minnesota, what you need to find is a number one center option. Though, I, 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 what I'm looking at is the development of Marco Rossi and if he can develop into that true number one center option if you're the Minnesota Wild. I think that's a very good call by you because when I looked at it maybe sometime last week and they were saying the potential free agents upcoming, uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of big names. And I think Marco Rossi might have to be one of those ones that you have to look out for. I think he nailed that one. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this out at you too. So right now the Pittsburgh Penguins, they have 78 points in the wild card number one spot. New York Islanders at 68 games played. Again, they have a little more heavy schedule in the first half. They're at 76. Florida Panthers starting to come out of late, 73. Uh, do you think, I, I think this happens to be the case, that Pittsburgh Penguins will lock up one of the wild card spots. But let's say the second one isn't locked up by the Islanders. Who would you take to go ahead and take that second spot? But if, if, if by any chance that Florida catches up to them, it could spell danger for them because the Islanders aren't exactly a team that's known for offense. Florida are trying to bounce back after what has been a rough first half of the season. You know, they won the President's Trophy last season, and now they're may, they may be in danger of missing the playoffs entirely. That hasn't happened since the 2015 Boston Bruins, who missed the playoffs this season after winning the President's Trophy. So that's something rare to see. But Florida, they're starting to catch up here. Guys like Sasha Barkov, Matthew Kachuk, Sam Reinhardt. Maybe I can throw in some contributors like Anthony DeClaire, Ichu Lostarain, and Anton Lundell, who have stepped up big for Florida in their push for the playoffs. They haven't been active at the trade deadline. In fact, they are just one of two teams that have not made a single trade since February 22nd. That's a trade deadline period. The other is the aforementioned Seattle Kraken, who are playing tonight. And Florida, they're just trying to stick the court together and hope for the best. I think that's what they're doing here. The Islanders, on the other hand, they're trying to load up for another playoff push. And the Islanders, they're known for a team. They're a team that's known for upsets. And come playoff time, they, they've shown that in 2020 and 2021. Saw that when they upset the Philadelphia Flyers in the second round. And we've seen that when they upset the Pittsburgh Penguins and Boston Bruins in the first two rounds. They pushed the Tampa Bay Lightning to six and seven games in those series. And, and the man who scored the last ever goal at the barn, Nassau Coliseum, Anthony Beauvillier. Of course, that'll be a memory to remember if you're the Islanders. The last yeah. ever goal, a goal at the Coliseum. And, and Islanders fans, they just wish that Matthew Barzal didn't whiff on that one-timer. That would have sent that game 7 to overtime had he not whiffed because that moment when he whiffed, that smelled game over for them. And maybe the, uh, we could have gotten an Islanders-Canadians final. Who knows? That's not guaranteed. But it would have been absolute chaos had that happened. But now you look at the Islanders now, they're trying to add up on a scoring punch and getting Bo Horvat. That was the main thing when going after him. And now they're trying to mesh the lines together Matthew Barzell, he's still out of an injury, but when he comes back, he's going to be on that first line with Horvat and Andrew Lee, that's for sure. Yeah, and when you think about that, I'm trying to digest everything you just thrown out there because it was perfect and you nailed it. On the side of it, 
there would be an 8-1 matchup between Boston and the New York Islanders, and that could essentially, if the season ended today, Olmark versus Sorokin. I want to watch that. <laughs> you know, it'll be a, a team that's full of everything versus the defensive we saw in New York Islanders. On paper, this is the matchup the Bruins could take. But the Islanders, they're going to push the Bruins. And maybe even take them to six, maybe seven games, in my opinion. Who knows if the Islanders can possibly steal the series, but I don't see that likely considering the season that the Bruins have been having. They know, the Bruins know the goal that, that they have. They cleared up cap space by putting Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno on the LTIR to get Tyler Bertuzzi. And, and I think the belief is that Hall and Foligno will return to the lineup as soon as the playoffs start. So this is something I want to keep an eye on. If those two are in the lineup, this could spell trouble for the Islanders. Yeah, and those are not small losses by any stretch of the imagination. So they need to get Felino and Hall back in there. And I appreciate just having you on, Alex. So I just mean I don't mean to continue to throw questions at you, but I want to pick your brain while you're here. So Cooper asked me this. I think the last time that we did a broadcast sometime last week, and he just flat out said this. And I'm not expecting you to go ahead and pick a Stanley Cup winner for me right now. But I do want to ask you this same question and get your thoughts. Do you think the Boston Bruins are going to lift the cup when it's all said and done this year? It's easier said than done once again when you look at it, but on paper, they should have the best chance. However, his teams that have, his, have had historically great seasons in the recent past have not fared well in the playoffs. Started with Detroit in 1996 when they lost to the Colorado Avalanche in the Western Conference Final. They were pushed to seven games by the Wayne Gretzky-led St. Louis Blues. Uh, and, 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 and you know how that ended. Score! Steve Eiserman! Detroit wins! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta recreate that Gary Farn call. <laughs> 75 seconds in his double overtime call in period. And Tampa in the 2019 season, of course, the sweep. You know what, man? Because I'll just be honest with you. I'll say it right now, too. When I was asked that question, I flat out said no. Because I'm not saying Boston isn't the best team, because I agree with you. I think they are. But when you think about Toronto, Tampa, Carolina, New Jersey, New York Rangers, you can throw the wild card teams in if you want there, but you got five other teams. And we always talk about how much of a bloodbath the Eastern Conference is going to be. That's no picnic to get through, even if you're the Boston Bruins. Those teams loaded up for a reason, and even between those five teams there, Alec, I would say any of them have an opportunity to get to the Stanley Cup Final. It's all an equal opportunity from here on out. Boston loaded up. Tampa, lo Tampa and Carolina, they're just parring for the course here despite making some depth moves that can bolster up, the, of the, of bolster up their lines. Do you remember about Tanner Janot? And, and that grit that he brings. The same thing comes with Mikey Isamos when they brought him in on that fourth line. So they're sticking the core on around. They know the prize here. Stanley Cup. Toronto looking for a series win for the first time since 2004. That was 19 years ever since their last series win. Ironically, against their in-province rivals, the Ottawa Senators. The very team that they beat for the, 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 their last playoff series win. Their last second-round appearance against Philadelphia, where they lost in OT on a goal by Jeremy Roenick. For those who remember, or Philadelphia Flyers fans may remember that. And Flyers fans, of course, that year they lost to Tampa Bay in seven games after an overtime win by Simon Gagne. 
that year. I'm trying to get back my hockey history on this, but of course, Toronto, they're trying to win that playoff series. They didn't get Ryan O'Reilly, Jake McCabe, Nochari, Sam Lafferty, Luke Shen, Eric Gustafson for no reason. Right. They brought them in for, for all the depth that they can acquire. O'Reilly with that two-way play of his and the defense that he can bring, plus Jake McCabe getting back into form. Of course, Toronto knows the prize. Carolina, I'm unsure about because of the recent torn ACL yeah. by Andrei Sveshnikov. And, and, and the fact that he's gone could raise more questions than answers on how far they can go. And, and this makes me not too confident on them, despite them having a good defense. And de- and But only, defense can only do so much if you're Carolina. And if you're facing New Jersey or New York in one of the later two rounds, ugh, man, I just don't know about how far you're going here. Yeah, that's like trying to attack a hornet's nest if you're trying to play in New Jersey or New York. And I know it's probably unfair to say this. I'm sure Carolina fans will be mad at me, but I remember watching it last year in the playoffs when he had Freddie Anderson being injured and it was Peter Kochekov and Antti Ranta. I know Kochekov can do the job, but I'm just not so certain about the health of the goaltenders by the time we get into the postseason because it just seems to happen that Freddie Anderson can never stay healthy. That and Antti Ranta, both their health statuses, they've been in question. Health concerns have been the main concern for the two 33-year-old netminders and the young coach Hedkov, who got a four-year extension this season for his stellar play earlier on the year. And you'd wonder if he can be the franchise goalie for Carolina, and I think he can do the job for them. He might even be, I know this is lofty praise, but you might want him to be as good as Cam Ward. Cam Ward, you immediately think about the 2006 run that he had, yeah. and then him winning the Conn Smythe Trophy that season for his outstanding, outstanding play of taking them to the Stanley Cup Final and winning it against the eight-seeded Edmonton Oilers. And I, I agree with you. I think it's all in the intents and purposes for Carolina to find more offense, however they can do it, because they don't have a weakness besides that. I mean, I, I like the team all the way across the board. It was crazy last year where they could only win games at PNC, but they couldn't win games on the road. And you got to fix that off too. But we still have a few more weeks here as far as the playoffs and everything else is concerned. And when we get back into the second intermission, we'll have some more uh, curveballs to throw at you, Alec. But I appreciate you joining up with me on this broadcast. I'll have to figure out what I'm going to do tomorrow here. It's going to be up in the air because, honestly, I might even do the Red Wings game in Nashville. I know that's not high priority, but the Nashville game... I think that might be important because they have games in hand in the Western Conference and maybe they could steal a second wildcard spot. And despite them being sellers at the deadline, there's still points within a playoff spot. That's yeah. the same thing to think about. Because Michael Granlin, Nino Niederreiter, Tanner Janot, they were all traded away. Not to mention Matthias Ekholm. But in return, they got Tyson Berry from the return that they got for Ekholm. And it's still insane that they... Are still up in a playoff spot. Cops like Philip Tomasino, Luke Evangelista, and Tommy Novak stepping up for them. Yeah, so I, I may make an adjustment on that side if I'm going to be able to cover the game tomorrow. We'll figure that out. But I'm glad we got this one now as we're underway. It's 2-1 to one now, lead for Dallas, and this is played out in front by Seattle. And this is flipped, so it's left to right attacking here for the Dallas Stars again. They're in the white shirts with the victory green piping and the white pants and then it's the home navy here for the seattle crack and his red climate pledge arena drawn on here within the play-by-play joined by alec nava 
as this has been a fun contest so far. And this is played back to the D side now. And try to see if we get a long outstretch pass for Hextall's squad. And this is picked up now by Pavelski. And this is through the blue paint, but this couldn't be corralled by Wyatt Johnston. As somebody blows a tire there, this will go back here for Larson. And Larson will flip it around as Vince Dunn will watch this go by across the red line now as this is picked up by Dallas and Jake Ottinger. He'll play this with the goal stick and put this near the left side of the red line, and Dallas will look to start again. They have a 2-1 edge with 14 shots to 10 as we're just underway here in this second frame. This is flipped in across the red line one more time and played by Dallas as they'll get this across the left side faceoff dot. This bounces off of one of the stars off the outstretched pass, and this will fall back to Will Borgen. Now Jamie Alexiak tries to play a pass. Where's Ellie Tolvanen? Play this off the embankment here for Borgen. And Borgen passes this in between the legs of one of the Dallas stars as Yanni Gord going to try to gain the entry off the clear end. Tolvanen tries to get a piece of it as there's body contact between a couple of Kraken and a couple of stars. As Wyatt Johnson has the pin, this puck is just stuck in between Tolvanen's skates. And now the stars will find it. Collected now near the right side red line. Here's a chance for Johnson. He tried to look for a quick pass out in front for Ben, but this got knocked away, and now with a long slap shot, this goes off of Martin Jones, but this isn't held, to hit him up in the stomach, and this will stay in the defensive end as Joel Hanley will try to get a piece of it with Ty DeLandria, this is put back to the blue line side, and this is solved in the catching glove. Oh, Martin Jones juggling up and down whenever he's faced right up in there, and yep, we're seeing that first shot. Yeah, yeah, that rebound was loose, but nobody from Dallas was there to collect that. And then Max Domi, the long shot, and Martin Jones paying attention all the way. That wasn't really a high percentage shot. There wasn't really a screen in front for, uh, for Domi to shoot through, so, and Jones was able to make that stop easily. So I know there wasn't a lot of trade pickups there for Dallas, but did you like that Max Domi deal? Of course. I love it. They didn't give up a lot to go ahead and get Max Domi. Jim Nill, the former assistant GM for the Red Wings, as this gets iced. Dallas trying to load up there, and Domi, I think, can be a good piece. Especially in the absence of Sagan and, and Domi. He can mesh well with Marchman and Sagan and on that second line. Well, third line as of now, because Ben mm -hmm. Johnston Dadanov line is the de facto second line, because Ty Delandry, he's up there on that. That marchment line right now. So, he, Domi can mesh well given any situation. And when you get all those points there for the Chicago Blackhawks, you think that'll be doing pretty good because you don't have a lot of talent around you. As this is picked up now off the backhand, Matty Beniers, he was being hounded by a couple of stars, and this pass will get away from Eberle. This will go all the way back down the ice. This is a chase for the puck. I think this is going to be a hybrid icing. Well, Jared McCann is shaking his head because... He thought that wasn't icy. He thought he won that foot race to the puck. Then on the other side, you got Frederick Olofsson. All sorts of pressure on Matty Beneers, hounding him all over the offensive end. Olofsson trying to steal the puck away from Beneers. At 48 points on the season, just two penalty minutes. Incredible to think about. <laughs> That's absolutely incredible. I don't even think that could ever be replicated again, Alec, as impossible as that is to do. Okay, we're getting a penalty on Jamie Oleksiak for tripping. So we are going to get Jamie Oleksiak in the box. He is one of the biggest human beings that I've ever seen as we get a multitude of fans uh, pounding the glass right now. 
I would like to take in a game at Climate Pledge Arena. It seems like Seattle is an up-and-coming team. You wouldn't have expected that from their first uh, season, as that was a clear trip there on uh, Vanta. But I think they're headed in the right direction, Alec. Very much so. Especially with this season that Beniers has been having and the impact that he brings. Jared McCann leading the team in goals with 33. Yeah, I wonder if McCann would have that same type of... Uh, numbers if he was still playing with the Maple Leafs, but I would certainly say it's been a breakout for Jared McCann. It's been a breakout for a lot of the Seattle Kraken, one of the best teams that can roll four lines. So here's Dallas on the power play again. They scored on their first one as this is picked up now. This is Jamie Benn as he's going to shoot this into the traffic and it goes in. It might have got redirected and this could be Joe Pavelski's goal. It is going to be Pavelski's goal, the ageless wonder for <laughs> Dallas, the longtime shark, stepping right in front, putting the screen on Martin Jones. It was parked right at the slot. If Jacob Megdon, Rope Hens were also there to provide additional screens. It, it went right through the traffic jam, and Rope Hens, seeing the screen was right there. That was J Jamie Benn, actually, because Hens was right in front of Jones. That was a part of me there, but Pavelski... Right at the high slot, able to tip that in for another power play goal for Dallas. And for a team that's been slumping on a man advantage, they pick up their eighth power play goal in as many games. That's their last eight. They have two on the night. So good recovery for Dallas on special teams. And this gets turned over immediately, and I hope nobody blames me if I say Joe Pavelski is one of my favorite players in the NHL. He's been in this business for a long time, playing at a high level. I can't imagine still putting up all those points, and then being a plus 37 on the season. That's absolutely ridiculous. As Jordan Eberle will get a piece of it now. McCann tries to knock this away. His Beneers was given a look off the forecheck, and now this is flipped and across the neutral zone, collected now by Dallas. They'll take a long outstretch shot that goes off the right shoulder of Martin Jones. Thereabouts near the post. And this will go back now here for Larson. So, really don't want to put the Dallas Stars on the power play. They've already scored on both of their opportunities. They lead 3-1 to one right now. 17 shots to 10. Pavelski's fourth goal in the last five games. His 18th of the season. As this is picked up now behind the office of Jake Ottinger. He's in the butterfly holding on to the right post. But here comes Dallas. Again, they'll flip this one down across the neutral zone. As this is picked up by Jacob Megna. And then Megna will get this down. This is a breakout opportunity for Daniel Sprong. But nobody can hold that blue line. This could be a counter opportunity here for Dallas. Martin Jones will watch this get iced. Oh, too far of a pass for Wyatt Johnson. He was looking for Jamie Benn on that chance. Unfortunately, that pass was off timing there. And Jacob Megna heading to the bench having some wars. The, the one thing I'm concerned about if I'm Seattle... It's that penalty kill. It's not one of the better ones in the league. In fact, it's one of the ones that are in the bottom. You do not want to put a red-hot Dallas team on the power play if I'm Seattle. That's exactly the case two times. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And as good as Seattle is, and they're probably going to be a playoff team, you have some stuff in the back end with the penalty kill, the goaltending. I don't know how many rounds Seattle can win. I'll just say that outright. But it's been a great story. But I don't know how long it's going to continue to get in the postseason as Bjorkstrand will put this now to the right side of the red line. And some good contact there to the left side red line as Bjorkstrand tries to get back on his horse to go get the puck away from Johnston, but Dallas has it now. Again, they're looking for these long flips, and they're connecting on a lot of them as this gets in the offensive end here, as it gets spun around as one of the Seattle Kraken 
collected under the right side wall, but a great back check by Dallas as they'll collect this into the neutral zone, and they'll flip it in near the left side of the red line now as Larson, he got bodied. It was a no-look backhand pass to Jaden Shorts, had a flyby. This is picked up by Winberg and then chopped out of the air. Dallas will collect, play pull off the embankment, try to get around the neutral zone and make a pass while falling down. As this goes now here for the Kraken, near the left side of the red line, trying to elude a couple of the bowling pins of the Dallas Stars. Here's an opportunity for Dunn. He's going to go ahead and take his change as he gets the entry off the backhand. Jaden Schwartz trying to win a one-on-three battle. As this goes across the wall, there's no Dallas Star in sight. This goes off the pad of Jake Ottinger. And now here's a break pass. Dallas Stars saved by Martin Jones. you got to mark that one down. The biggest one of the night now, and that was a great pass by the Stars. They've been all over this puck. Colin Miller lost it. Collected now by Seattle, but this is gloved down by the Stars. And here's a chance. Rope hints off the cross pass, and that was a great back check by Tolvin. And as he got a piece of it, Pavelski tried to get this one in the middle of the circles. Here comes a slapper, and Martin Jones will swallow it up. One good save after another for Martin Jones. Right after that breakaway from Rope hits, he turns away that slapper from Colin Miller right at the top of the right circle and hanging on as Dallas holding a 3-1 lead right after that Joe Pavelski tip in on that power play. Alec, I don't want to read too much into what Dallas has done against Seattle in back-to-back games against the same opponent. But as I'm watching this game, and as we talked about the first round of the playoffs, a first-line team in name only at that time that was uh, head coached by the man that was in Winnipeg. Uh, now when you look at it, Rick Bonus. But now on this side, this Dallas team, I think they look a little bit more dangerous than they did last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas you know, maybe gets a round or two. They look really good. And well-rounded as well. And you bring up Ryan Suter, the old guard, filling up that fur pairing role, was acquired via that buyout from Minnesota. And yeah, that, that long contract they signed with the Wild feels like it wasn't going to go over to the yeah. end of it. But they, they were going to buy him out either way, but Suter panning out in Dallas and finding a new home on that four-year deal. The former Minnesota Wild man and former Nashville Predator finding a new home at the Metroplex. And, and, and he's getting it done. Yes, he is. I mean, I'm looking at some career seasons. Again, I had some of these numbers in front of me. This is uh, prior to the puck drop. You had Essen Lindell, plus 30. Colin Miller, plus 20. Yanni Hockenpah, plus 24. You're kind of wondering if Dallas, again, we knew that they're a team on the rise, but are they going to be able to keep that same level of defense that they had? Is Jake Ottinger going to continue to be as good as he is? Again, maybe some of the numbers with the 241, maybe a, just a tick high, but he's still got a 920 save percentage. I'm just grasping at straws at that point. But the point is, this Dallas team is still as good as defensively as they were last year. They're pretty much even better because now they're bringing it on offense. Yeah, you mentioned about that offense and they're bringing out all the firepower. This isn't the same Dallas Stars that we saw through the past several years. This isn't the same Dallas Stars that got heavily outplayed in the, in the last game sevens that they've been in. Well, 2022 and 2019 that I'm looking at in which they've been hounded by 50 plus shots and yeah. losing in overtime. That, that's not the same Dallas team anymore. They are ready now. 
I think so. I think this is going to be a dangerous team come postseason time. So it's a good opportunity for me to get a couple of reps here in the regular season as that goes across the blue paint. And Beniers had to absorb a hit from uh, Ty Delandria up here. Number 10's collide. As this is an outstretched pass across the neutral zone. And now this is sauced. And for whatever reason, they try to play this one back to Beniers from McCann. But I thought he had an opportunity. But McCann able to get the steal. And the pass goes a little bit too far for Matty. As they'll try to get back and collect this one. As this is dumped down deep here for Jordan Everlay. Again, I believe he was a former Edmonton Oilers man. As this gets picked up now on the left side of the red line. Everlay will collect now. Slap this around here for McCann. And now this is served up here by Dunn. This is back in behind the office of Jake Ottinger. He's holding on to that left post. Is Dunn. We'll collect. Nice sauce pass across. And that was saved from a sharp angle. That was a veneer shot that was solved by Jake Ottinger. And collected by Dallas in their own end off the backhand. As Domi is getting pinned to the wall. Colin Miller from Haskinen will flip this one out. And I think this might have hit something else. Oh, who knows when it might have hit. But man, Ottinger took that shot right up at the mask. And then, oh my goodness. And then Matty Beniers causing all sorts of havoc right at the front of the net and right behind the net, putting all that pressure on the two-way impact that he brings. Very, very much what Seattle needs here. He's got to translate up to the scoreboard, though. They've only had 12 shots. Yes, you're correct about that. I mean, Dallas, we talk about their defensive presence, and they're still bringing with the goals that we mentioned here. 12 shots for Seattle, and Seattle is usually one of those teams that doesn't have too much trouble scoring goals, but they've been a better team on the road. But they're in climbing pledge tonight. As this slap of Dunn was trying to get tipped by Tolvanen, and this will be picked up here by Suter on the pin across the wall. Now, Yanni Gord tries to get out there as well as Larson will collect off the back skate. This will stay near the right side of the red line now as couple sticks go up high, but the puck is still in play here with Seattle. And now Dallas with some excellent body contact. It's a three-on-three, three, and this will go back to the Navy as this is picked up now by Tolvanen. Tolvanen with his pass on the right wing side, trying to get to Yanni Gord. And now this is taken away by Dallas. Two-on-two two there. Vince is done, able to get this back into the neutral zone. And this is collected. This is an opportunity for Gord to fire a quick wrister. And this goes off the stick shaft of Jake Ottinger. 11.45 left to go in the second. Drawn on here with you. Joined by Alec Nava as we take this one at the Climate Pledge Arena on ESPN+. I have the Belly Sports Southwest feed as we're getting a look on that side of it. And this is picked up now here for Seattle. Seattle will take their time. And they'll play this across. It's Will Borgen with his pass. Will Borgen and Jamie Alexiak from our Dallas Star. As this gets picked up, this will just get centered off of one of the Dallas Stars as Sprung couldn't get to it. And now this will go back here for Alexiak. Alexiak will make his drop pass. And something gets corralled near the right wing side. This is going to be Turbo. He's going to have to peel back now. Tanev will make his drop pass. Back to the defensive side as they hit this off the embankment. Now this goes off of one of the stars. And Donato will try to get around Yanni Hockenpah as he pins him to the wall. Seattle now trying to keep this near the left side faceoff. Doc gets a slapper. And this is picked up by Dallas in their own end. And was this cleared over the glass without a touch? I think it may have. Yanni Hockenpah lifted it up over the air and got that right over the glass. It was not touched by a Brandon Tanev. Who is right in his face on that clearing attempt? Of course, delay of game for the puck over the glass. And Seattle creating all sorts of havoc at the offensive zone. Gains a good chance, all starting with the Yanni Gord shot. 
He may have broken free on that one. Jake Ottinger got a good blocker up there. And then there's Daniel Oleksiak with that howitzer deep at the point. Was trying to squeeze right between the pad and the glove of Ottinger. And Ottinger closed the door there. And now Seattle have a chance to get this within one. So Dallas scored a couple times on their power play. Seattle's power play 39 for 193. That's 20% 21st in the NHL. As we're getting a little bit of a different look on the Valley Sports Southwest feed, it kind of reminds me of the Fox tracks in the 90s with the flash on the puck, which I don't particularly care for, but that's what they're showing right now. 1.40 left to go in this power play as this is put back in the end. This is picked up now by Vince Dunn, former St. Louis Blue. Again, he needs a contract in the offseason, and Ron Francis, I imagine, that's going to get uh, figured out pretty quickly as this is Alex Winberg. Now, Ellie Tolvanen. We'll try to get this here as Wenberg will try to pin his man to the glass as Seattle tries to make something happen on their first power play. They're down 3-1. to one. This goes D to D here for Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn patient. Now for Jared McCann. Off the spin, it's a chance for Dunn. He fakes the slapper, leaves it here for Tolvin, and now McCann fires! And this is solved by Ottinger with the glove hand. There you go, Jake Ottinger with more and more stops here. All sorts of zone time for the Kraken. On this power play, McCann looking for number 34 on the year. Oh, that'll have to wait. There's still 106 to work with, and this man advantage. They're getting the second unit right on. But McCann, he's dangerous when he's on the ice, and he's showing why. And that was a good screen in front by Alex Wenberg. That was a good cycle by Seattle on their first power play look, but now they got to start to convert and get more chances. Here's Ty DeLandry off the two-on-three. He's just going to fire this off the short side of the net, and Matty Beneers will collect. So this will be power play line number one. Going to leave this here for Justin Schultz. And Schultz play this here for Matty Beneers, and Beneers will go back to the defense now. And Jordan Eberle, Eberle with his quick pass to Jaden Schwartz. Now Yanni Gord near the left side of the wall. Goes back to Schultz. Gives it back here to Yanni off the back pass. Yanni patient here for Eberle. Now back to Yanni. This will go back to the D side here for Justin Schultz. Yanni Gord, he's going to let it go through the traffic. And this is picked up now by Eberle as this is not out yet. But now it is. It can't gain the blue line. Justin Schultz can't hold it. An opportunity for Dallas. They'll fire it into the left side of the faceoff dot. And we'll do it again. Seattle's power play got one more rush. It's Manny Beneers, number 10. Got the puck as he gets in through the neutral zone. His pass, instead of taking all the way through, tries to go to Eberle. It's turned over. Now here's Dallas with the puck. Roddick Foxa. And this brushed off the right pad of Martin Jones, so they can't score on that power play. But they did have some puck possession and a couple shots. And this is just lost by Maddie Beneers inexplicably there. Now near the left side wall, some body contact with a good old-fashioned hip check. Keep this now near the left side of the boards. Maddie Beneers will go back and collect. He'll make the safe pass back to the D. Now here for Dunn. Send this all the way down the ice. This is picked up here. By a chance for Tanev. He sends this back to the D. They hold the line. Chance for Dunn as he fires it right into Jake Ottinger's glove. That, that looked like a stark difference between the first unit and second unit for Seattle because the first unit was sharp. Can't really say the same for the second unit because it seems that there was a little misstep between both these teams. But th that didn't stop Seattle from getting that last chance just before the TV timeout. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And still a two-goal game. The Kraken look to tie this up with two more. Yes, they do. I think it's very important. I know it goes without saying, but Seattle's got to get this next goal. Maybe they got to get it here in this period because 
If Dallas goes into the third with a two-goal lead with the way that they've been playing right now, unless Seattle finds another gear, I think this is a game that feels like it's in control of Dallas. Very much so with the way that Jake Andrew and the rest of the Dallas Stars team has been playing. Seattle, it looks like they've been getting all those chances here and there throughout these two periods of play, but it seems that no matter what, it feels like Dallas is a step ahead. And, and the one thing that the Kraken really did not need to, uh, really need to, to do, and the one thing that Kraken need to do, stay out the penalty box. And, and that hasn't been happening. And since that's already led to two power play goals, they need to keep that emphasis the rest of the game. Yep, and Martin Jones, you figure he's going to uh, face some more pucks here. It's 19 out of 22 for Martin Jones. And for Jake Ottinger, 15 out of 16 for a 938. And as you said, you can pretty much succinctly say it again. Both of those power play opportunities for Dallas, they've been converted. They're 2 for 2, Seattle's 0 for 1. As we're going to be coming back from a commercial break, it's 8.20 left to go in this middle frame. Dallas enjoying a 3-1 lead. And, and, and the thing is, about Dallas, I, I thought they were a little, looking vulnerable over the past over the past month or so, especially yeah. with losses to Columbus and Vancouver. I don't know what other team they lost to, but they had it tough against Anaheim as well. And, but they picked it up as of late, so I'll give props to them. They lost a couple of games to Calgary that were obscenely high scoring. I remember that, and they were getting some overtime loss points, but I certainly agree with you, Alec. They've ridden the, sh ridden the ship here, and they need to be able to continue to do so as we're getting close to playoff time, because you think Dallas, they have some heavy expectations. I know a lot of their best players are still very young, but Dallas really has a chance at this, especially in the West. If they were in the East, I might scratch my head a little bit, but they have a chance at this. So as we get an icing over here, I, I, the, the whole thing about this, Dallas, still an up-and-coming team because they got Wyatt Johnson and Ty Delandria at full-time NHL seasons yep. this year. I know this is Delandria's second full go-around over the NHL level. He got some action in the last two seasons, not a lot last year, but in the 2021 season, he saw some action, but now that he's on a full-time role, he's settled into that, and now he's making an impact as the team's Swiss Army Knight. Absolutely. We're going to have to get used to seeing Texas hockey. I know that's their Twitter hashtag, but it's it's the truth here. Dallas is going to be a team that's going to continue to stay on the rise of Jared McCann from Matty Veneers. That was a good combo play as this goes on to the left side of the paint. Collected now by McCann. This is a backhand in tight that was saved by Ottinger, but this will fall to Jacob Megna. McCann into the traffic, double tip, and Ottinger makes the save. That was Seattle's best pressure right now, and they still keep this in. But this is played near the right side of the faceoff dot, and this might allow Dallas to be able to get a clear, but it's played it to nobody. Seattle desperately trying to keep this in. Matty Beneers plays it here for Eberle, and Beneers had to get turned all the way around before this finally gets cleared down. That was four straight saves by Jake there, as this will go back here for Megna. And now the extra pass across the red line now. This will be an entry in a race for the puck. Jake Ottinger will calmly play this, and behind his net near the left side of the dot is... Dallas will get another long flip, but this is kept across the right side wall and then picked back up by the defensive side of Dallas. What a great play on the back end. Here's a chance now for Wyatt Johnson, but he flubs on that wrister. This is collected now for Seattle in full flight. It's a two-on-three, though. Yanni Gord, he got pinned near the right side wall by Colin Miller. He shut him right off as this is picked up now. 
Off the embankment, this is Vince Dunn. He'll just fire it and it scores! Off the tip, it might be a second one for Yanni Gord or even Tolvanen as we get some pushing and shoving here. There you go, Ely Tolvanen gets the tip right at the slot, exactly the goal that Seattle has been looking for. Second time in which it went off a deflection for the Kraken and scoring. Because remember the first time, Yanni Gord had that one bounce off of the leg of a Dallas defender. This time around, it's Tolvanen with his stick. No Dallas player went the way to have that one deflected off him. Though there was traffic in front by Yanni Gord and Joel Henley in front of Jake Ottinger. And he couldn't see this puck all the way as it was, it was covering his face. And you can't see it. You're just hoping that it hits you. Yeah. No, there's no chance, Alec. You're right for Jake Ottinger to make that save at all. I know it has two goals against him, but both of those have been off a couple double deflections there as this is picked up. As Seattle, they've scored the goal that they needed again, but it's 3-2. Still back by one. Great back in the play and score by Dallas! What a gorgeous goal for Wyatt Johnston! A sensational moment for the youngster, 19 years old, the teenager. Gets number 17. Wow, what a play that he is. He's just going to whoopsie daisy. Just cut this in on his forehead. Faked out Martin Jones. And, and receiving that smooth feed. Daniel Sprong trying to go after it. Was good defense by Sprong. And I noticed Sprong has been panning out well. He had a career resurgence with Washington and now on to Seattle. But Johnson with an even better kick. And the hand-eye. The quick Response by Dallas. We're a bunch of shooting stars tonight. Oh, holy cow, what a goal that was. Even to Gany Dodonov, he was able to flip that one in the offensive end to Wyatt Johnson. He's kind of being hooked and held, as you said, by Sprong. That wasn't a bad play. He scores off the backhand, falling down. And just as you talk about Seattle, I was just going to make that point. They get back within one, but they got to watch out for the quick response. And now here's another opportunity. It's a three-on-one. And the shot's fired wide instead of a pass. That's curious, but Dallas just scored, so I guess I can't complain too much. As it's 24 shots to 20, Dallas got four on the scoreboard. They keep this one in. And now this is picked off here by Eberle. But this will fall back to Dallas. It's been an entertaining game. There's been six goals so far. So 5.35 left to go in the second. Roddick Fox are trying to make a move off the windmill, Deke. As this gets picked up here by Robertson. And now off a couple of skate blades. As this will get sent back dangerously across the corner. But Seattle might have an opportunity to settle this down. I thought they might try to find Jared McCann. Instead, Hockenpah steals this off of a clear that went just too hard off the left side boards. Rope Hints will mirror this puck around as this gets picked up in the middle of the slot. But here's Seattle to intercept, and they'll get this off the long flip. This will touch the stick of the Stars. This will not be iced as we've hit the five-minute marker of the second period. Sent all the way back down. Vince Dunn having to try to hold off the body contact of Joe Pavelski. And now Jaden Schwartz makes one man miss as it's Robertson. He'll put this back into the left side wing. This collect by Rope. Now this goes back to the defensive side. As this is, gets blocked off of Robertson and sent back down where Seattle can recollect. But it's still busy and behind the office of Jones as they continue to hold this in. Eli Tolvanen will make this pass. And this will be iced with 437. And, and there's something of note. It cannot go to a TV timeout when the puck is iced. There's that right there. So, so Seattle also cannot change here. 
They, they got tired players on the ice. That was generating all sorts of offensive chances there right after that goal by Wyatt Johnson, including that shot that went wide from Colin Miller. They looking at another one. So Valley Sports Southwest with the stat, four-plus goals in eight straight games here for the Dallas Stars. As we get a penalty hand up in the air in Seattle, going to be going back to the power play. Mason Marchment looks to be the guilty one as we get to a commercial timeout. Yep, he's headed to the box. And, of course, the Dallas Stars with two Generation 2 players on their team, Mason Marchment and Max Domi, who are the sons of Brian Marchment and Ty Domi. If we talk about Ty Domi, Long noted as one of the villains of the NHL by the time that he was is playing. And, and their sons following up on, on the pass that they picked up. And Marchman and Domi now on the same team that they right now looking looking to make big impacts here for Dallas. But, but for Marchman, I'll see what this call is about now that he's in the box. But for Seattle, chance to capitalize. Absolutely. They need to do that on the power play. Again, we thought that they just had something to pull them within one, but it happened right in a flash. So just a second period scoring alone, it was Joe Pavelski with his 18th on the power play from Jamie Ben and Miro Haskinen. And then 13-28, L.A. Tolvanen made it a 3-2 game from Vince Dunn, his 43rd apple of the year. But just about 13 seconds later, Wyatt Johnson from beginning to Donov and Ryan Suter Made it a 4-2 Dallas lead, and this offense continues to percolate here for the Stars. Now, that's going to be bad news for some of these teams in the uh, playoffs if they can continue to do that. I know it's Seattle off of back-to-back -back games, but I will say this, again, as we know, Seattle is a playoff team in their second year, and they've been really good all year. And if Dallas can go ahead and take a couple of these critical wins, hey, they might have a chance to go 3-0 in the season series when they play again next week. That is a, a real possibility when you think about that, considering the pace that they, the two of them played. Though we need to count that Seattle, they're good on the road. So uh, the next game, which is at American Airlines Center for Dallas with the AAC, or as some Dallas Stars fans call it, the hangar, it's going to come tough because Seattle, they, they, they are going to fight hard on the road, and they're going to fight hard no matter what. It feels like some Seattle fans are going to argue there was an offside on Evgeny Dadanov on the Wyatt Johnson goal, but the challenge came too late for that. That's funny you say that because I was kind of wondering that myself on the initial live side, but again, it was too late and I didn't see anything too egregious, but just a thought that occurred to me as well as this is flipped down the ice here. Martin Jones will go ahead and play this with the goal stick. 25 shots to 20. Seattle got their second power play of the game. Dallas has scored on a couple of theirs, so Seattle's got to get this going here. As they're down a couple of goals, it's Oliver Bjorkstrand. After some body diving there for Dallas, tried to elude a couple passes. Tolvanen with a bomb, and this will go back in the middle of the slot, but Seattle will have to go back and recollect here with Vince Dunn. So Dunn, patient now with a buck 20 left to go in Seattle's second power play. We'll drop this here for Alex Wenberg as he gets an entry across the left wing side off the backhand leave it for McCann. It's Wenberg now. Thought he might try to wrap this around, but he's going to stay patient near the right side wall for Oliver Bjorkstrand. Now it's Tolvanen back here for Wenberg. Wenberg will take his time with the right side boards as it's Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn patient as he gives it back to Alex now. High side blue line. Now in the middle of the slot, it's Tolvanen. This is played by Bjorkstrand. And I don't know if he missed the net, but that wasn't tight as this stayed. Jake Andrew made one save at least. Fake the slapper is McCann. Now picked up off the forehand as he turns and pivots. Sends it back to Vince Dunn. 
Here comes a shot as this gets blocked there by Dallas. This goes for Tolvanen near the left side of the red line. Lindbergh patient. This is puck has been all Seattle's here on the second power play. They got a couple shots in it already. Vince Dunn looking for another deflection as this will fall back to Jared. Number 19's got it now. Leave it here for Vince Dunn. And now Ellie Tolvanen. It's Vince Dunn in the high slot. Jared McCann fake the slapper. Patient near the right wing side. Wenberg wants a pass across off the one tee. And that one gets blocked by Dallas. But here's Vince Dunn. This puck possession's not been relinquished here for Seattle. They've been patient and good with it. they got to convert. Tolvanen. And this is swallowed up by Ottinger. Tired bodies on both sides of the ice on Seattle's second power play. And the Kraken, all sorts of pressure to bring this up in a one-goal game again. The best chance by Oliver oh. Bjorkstrand just trickled right by the glove hand of Auditor. Almost got to the net, but just missed by mere inches. It slid right past him. That was their best chance on the man advantage. And unfortunately, it's going to run out. So, tough break for Seattle here. They keep it in. As they they did lose on that power play side of it, but that was excellent puck possession. This will fall back to Ottinger. Here's a couple of stick battles. And now we'll see if anything's going on with Jaden Schwartz as we get some pushing and shoving here by Dallas. But we get a stoppage with 218. And it appears that Delandro was a little shaken up as he was hit on the high stick by Matty Beniers. Oh, see if there's something out of this, but we'll get a look at this as Beniers is looking up. I'm sure Beniers didn't mean that. But he was, as he was trying to go over to, as he was trying to poke this puck in, but it seems that Delandria may, may have whacked right back. Sort of as retaliation, maybe so, maybe not, but nothing's come out of this yet. So there's still some discussions going on. No, no penalties coming out of this. That looked like a uh, double doink accident between Delandria and Beneers. It's not too fun when you get the stick up in the face, so Max Domi is going to get a chance to take this defensive zone draw. Hextall wants a penalty call, but I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't imagine that Peter DeBoer wouldn't be saying the same damn thing here, Alec, because it seems like both players hit each other in the face. It seems that this should be four on four by the way it looks. Right. It seems that Delandria and Beniers, they were going at each other. And that's what uh, Hextall's saying, but again, we're not seeing that on DeBoer's side. At least I'm not seeing that on Valley Sports Southwest, so... You either take nobody or you take both, and that'd be the only thing you can do, but it looks like nobody's going to the box here. So it's going to be Max Domi still on the defensive zone draw against Matty Beneers, but he gets kicked out of the circle, so now it's Eberle against Domi. So an offensive zone draw here for Seattle. They can't win this one as it falls back to Dallas again. The shot board is now even 25-25, to as Seattle certainly made that surge, but Dallas hasn't stopped scoring. Matty Beneers here for Eberle. Jaden Schwartz off of a nice-looking back pass, and that goes off the left pad of Ottinger as this is gloved down out of the air. Here's a chance now off of a sauce pass across, and this was blocked before it ever hit Martin Jones as Ryan Suter tries to get a piece of it. A couple of stick battles near the left side wall as Dallas attempts to hold this in. This will fall back to the Seattle Kraken, and now a chance for Jaden Schwartz. Jaden Schwartz, former St. Louis Blues man, will get this around the inboards as this will be collected in the high slot now near the right dot. Schwartz needs some help off the backhand. Try to pass this one. I think it was Donato in the center of the net, and this will get knocked away. Colin Miller will knock it aside, and now Ty Delandria will just flip this down and gain the entry as this will go back now for Larson. 
Larson will spin this back around to the defensive partner and Vince Dunn. And here come the Seattle Kraken in full flight. Here's an opportunity as this is picked up here for Will Borgen. Try to get a couple active stick checks in there for Seattle. As we've hit a minute left to go in this second period, it's a 4-2 lead for Dallas. Off the drop pass near the left dot. Try to get picked off by Evgeny Dodonov. Now near the left side wall, this will go D to D as this gets circled around the inboards now. Recollected off the back pass, Dodonov with a good idea. That's a trip right in front of the net. Larson's guilty of it. And the Dallas Stars are going to get another power play opportunity here, Alec. They've been lethal. The absolute last thing you want to have if you're the Seattle Kraken because Adam Larson trying to go after the puck, trying to take it away from Jamie Benn. That puck was way out of his reach, yeah. way out of his reach because it was not even close to where he was reaching out and caught Jamie Benn's skates, and especially when you're behind the net. Even if you try to take a scoring opportunity away from Dallas, you're, caught, you're basically causing another one here by getting them on the power plate. Not ideal. No, you absolutely nailed that one. And two for two with three shots, couple deflections against Martin Jones. They've had the traffic and net. They've done the right thing. Jimmy Ben was patient off the first part to get a, a deflection goal. Again, that was uh, Jamie Ben. He was the one that got credit for it. And then just Joe Pavelski at the 3-0-3 mark of the second period. But this is the third power play. And we'll see if Dallas can take advantage of it. And if they don't score now, they'll get carryover power play time for about a minute 20. So Miro Haskinen. Has it now. Haskinen, he'll gain the entry across the S against for Joe Pavelski. Now Rope Hintz will drop it back to Joe Pa. Gives it back to Rope Hintz, but this bounces off one of the zebras. It's going to allow Seattle to get some puck possession, but they got to be quick about it. Jamie Alexiak out there on the kill, former star. is Rope Hintz, he's stuck in the middle of a battle now. It's three stars to about two Kraken. And this puck is just stuck near the left side red line. Seattle just content to kill time. I think they're going to do so as Joe Pavelski tried to knock something out of the air, but this will end 4-2 to two at the end of two. Well, that's one way to end the second period. <laughs> well, excellent job by Daniel Lexiak on trying to kill off the rest of the clock against his former team. Something of note, because he wore number five and, and number two in his two separate sets in Dallas. Something interesting of note, because in his second day, he, wore no, he switched to number two because I believe number five was taken by Andre Shakara in his second stint. But Oleksiak, interesting way of trying to kill off time and painting that puck on no man's land, trying to keep this away from his former team as much as possible. But no matter, it's that was up 4-2, second intermission is a go time. You want to give a little bit of a, I know there's not a lot of it, but you want to do a scoring reset and a look around the league here for a couple of these games, Alec? You can take it away. All right, so as we go over to the other uh, two games. So earlier tonight, both games starting at 7.30, and Toronto is the Maple Leafs. They say the two-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey, and of course it is the most dangerous lead in hockey. The Buffalo Sabres showed you why. After the 2-0 lead that the Maple Leafs took, in the, in the second period, off of goals by Austin Matthews and Kyle Yarncroft. It's four unanswered by Buffalo. First from Jack Quinn, then Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins to take the lead then, and then Tuck again on the power play before William Neewander made this a one-goal game with the sixth attacker out there in the third period to try and force overtime, but then Buffalo held on in the end behind the likes of Craig Anderson and his 25 saves. Now on to the other game. Goodness gracious, this wasn't even close. The Colorado Avalanche 
blowing the smoke out of the Montreal Canadiens and Arturi Lekkinen with two goals on his former team, Colorado, with the first four goals of this game, all of them happening in the first period alone. And Lekkinen was responsible for both of those goals in that first period. For Montreal, they had some sort of momentum in the third period, but by then, they were down 7-2 after the goal by Nathan McKinnon. But it was the final score in 8-4, the, the one that wrapped it up, Valerie Nachushkin. So Lekkinen, in his return to Montreal, well, that was quite the revenge that he had there. No, absolutely it was. And I looked at this and I had to mute my mic because I laughed there for momentarily. But Jake Allen, he's had a pretty good year, but not this night. He gave up six. He made nine out of 15 saves. He got uh, smoked tonight. Man, I feel bad for him, especially that he's on a rebuilding Montreal Canadiens team. Was supposed to be the backup to Carey Price, unfortunately. Those plans aren't happening anymore because it feels as if Bryce's career may be in flux. And <clears throat> a report saying that Bryce and his family are moving back to their home in British Columbia after this season. So that means this could spark the end of his playing career. Try to come back last season. That did not work. Unfortunately, this might be the end of the road for him. You know, it's, it's unfortunate because you know, it wasn't that long ago that the Montreal Canadiens were in the Stanley Cup final and it would have been nice to get a Stanley Cup uh, etched into his name because Carey Price has been a phenomenal goaltender for a long time. So regardless of what happens, I just wish him luck in his next chapter of life because he was excellent between the pipes for a long time. And throughout, their franchise, and throughout the time that he was with them, possibly... <laughs> could be the second best goaltender or maybe even the best goaltender in franchise history, depending on where you put him. Because remember that Patrick Waugh yes. originally was with the Montreal Canadiens for the first part of his career. So then you have that before, before he went over to the Colorado Avalanche. And Price, widely regarded as one of the best goalies of, of, this gener of the generation that he's had, arguably the best one, depending on where you put him between him and Henrik Lundqvist on where he's at. And, but I'll, but me personally, I'll give the edge to Lundqvist, but that's not gonna, but I'm not gonna degrade Price in any, any way, sense, or form here, because Price, he was the backbone of that magical, magical 2021 run. Yeah. And you're kind of wondering at that point, I, I'm not saying this because I knew he still had a lot left in the tank with what he had, but Carey Price, you kind of wonder sometimes some seasons are hit and miss because you don't have all the greatest talent around you, but you're talking about carrying teams and whether you want to sign goalies to long contracts. I remember Carey Price got a big number a lot of years of being a franchise goaltender. I don't think you're going to see that a lot anymore because you have to surround that with other forwards and defense. But Carey Price pretty much earned every dollar of that contract, and he was the reason why Montreal Canadiens had a chance every single game they played. Yeah, especially for the years that he has been in that. He saw the times where there was Max Pacioretty, Tomas Bukanich, and even in his, in his later years with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, some flashes of Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Through all the ups and downs that Montreal's been having, Mark, for the times of Mark Bergevin, and maybe even his conflicting moves that he's been having, such as Josh Anderson, and trading for him while giving up a pick, and Max Domi the other way. And, and, but it feels that Montreal, they, 
it feels like they're right in a transition phase now that they don't have Price anymore. And when you look at back at the career that Price has been having, you know, the fact that they kept him after the whole beginning of his career where they were not having it easy on him, the Montreal fans, that, that's been a blessing in disguise to keep him. Yeah, you got to have something to feel good about. <laughs> I agree with you on that side. So yep. I'm, I'm just taking a look at uh, tomorrow's schedule. Is there anything that catches your eye? Because we have a full slate of games. You know, something that I've noted about the Jets and Hurricanes game tomorrow is that tomorrow's game for the Hurricanes, and I've been to the game between the Carolina Hurricanes and Vegas Golden Knights side note. It's unfortunate the Hurricanes got shut out for the second consecutive game. They have not scored a goal since the 209 mark against the Philadelphia Flyers in that first period, where it was the man who was recently ruled out indefinitely, Andre Spechnikov, and that's unfortunate if you're Carolina because he's one of the big-name attacks out there for Carolina. And that's going to be a tough test when you're facing a Winnipeg team that's loading up and seemingly finding their footing. But for Carolina, something that I am paying attention to, tomorrow night for them, Mental Health Awareness Night. Yeah, they have a lot of those days around the league, and you always have to take, and again, I won't make a joke here, but you always have to take that approach and give yourself that extra time, take a break. Everybody deals with a lot of stress. I think that's one of those uh, days that you really have to get behind. I know some of these fans don't like some of these days out there, but if you can't take any appreciation for mental health awareness, where are we as a country? <laughs> I mean... You put that right on the spot, because if, if there isn't any mental health awareness in this country, then there isn't any AOE news about this left and no. right, because it's okay. But once again, it's okay to not be okay. If you need help, just just, just seek out help that you need. It's there for you, and there are resources to help out with mental health. There are hotline numbers out there if you're feeling down or any, anywhere. In the dumps, because now I'm, I know I'm not a mental health expert, and I'm not a therapist. But we, if any one of us, if we're feeling down, of course it's okay to seek out help. Well, it's one of those things, you know. What sometimes like Cooper says this to me too, and I, I think he said it correctly in the side of it. What we're doing right now, Alec, whether it's just for us or for people who are listening, I know sometimes you get people on the YouTube side or after, it's therapy to do these games and stuff with you. For us to be able to talk about sports, have fun, have a good time, I think that helps too. And sometimes sports can be a good distraction for all that stuff. So I think that's a day that's uh, really needed. And again, if you're a Carolina fan, I would say you have to really think about that being important because in that Eastern Conference, there's going to be a lot going on as far as uh, what teams can get the job done. So there'll be a lot to look forward to. And then for the rest of this week, I know crossing sports here, but you can't deny March Madness in between uh, Thursday and Friday as the first round and everything else opens. Admittedly, on my side, doing the broadcast for Michigan, I think it's very odd, even though they had no business being in it at all. I'm not going to say Michigan should have ever made the tournament. But no Michigan and no Ohio State in the tournament right now, and no North Carolina Tar Heels that lost in the last season against the Kansas Jayhawks. So some big-time powers are not going to be participating this year. I mean, I was absolutely shocked that UNC didn't make it to the tournament. Right. But to their point, they, they were up and down throughout the season, and there were some moments that really 
haven't been quicking for them because Armando Bacon, Brady Manic, if you remember those two, they, they've been all, all sorts of causing havoc for UNC last season. And if you remember that, they made it to the championship yes. game as the eighth seed and beating out Duke in Mike Krzyzewski's final season. Now they aren't returning there. And what's a bright story for, for the NCAA men's basketball? Rutgers. Yeah, really. <laughs> there's always uh, there's always teams that you don't expect to make it, or always teams that even this time of year that can beat anybody. But when I thought about it, when you just go back to Baycott there for a minute, he's a junior that's going to be returning. He was a double double machine. He was always going to give you about 15 rebounds and 20 points. And for Hubert Davis and company to not even make it, that's just uh, crazy to me. Is there, are there any teams, the alma mater or anything else like that, Alec, that you keep your eye on this time of year during March Madness? Okay, as I'm looking over for March Madness, <laughs> so one team that I'm look, possibly looking out for that could possibly go on an upset here in the round of 64, so we're looking at this bracket. So we're looking up and down here. So, of course, those 8-9 matchups, those are always going to be a close one. 7-10 matchups are not gimmies. The 10 seeds are going to fight their way through and possibly win this one, such as matchup between Missouri State and Utah, Missouri and Utah State, Texas A&M and Penn State being another, and another one being Northwestern and Boise State, and then Pat and and over with Michigan State, that's Patrick's team. If I if we're all talking about that, like up against USC in the first round, and, and most likely they're anticipating a matchup against Marquette. But as of note, nothing's guaranteed in March Madness. You remember last year when 15 seeded St. Peter's went yes. all the way to the Elite Eight, upsetting Kentucky in the first round. Yeah, I remember there was a few upsets. I never gone back a couple of years, but it was Loyola Chicago in uh, Michigan. Michigan was able to get to the final a few years ago. That was when John Beeline was the coach. Now it's Juwan Howard. So as I'm looking through some of this bracket, I know a couple of my friends that were uh, Kansas Jayhawks fans, they get, they still got the number one seed, but they didn't like where they were placed. I know another Big Ten in between Illinois is in there as well. This should be a lot of fun. I will say one thing, and again, I might uh, make a couple fans ang angry, but Gonzaga doesn't really play in a great conference. They always end up having a great team. You know who Drew Timmy is and a few of these other pieces there, but... Will Gonzaga be able to get to the final again? Can they get close? I don't know. This could be Drew Timmy's last year. I always don't think that they're going to do as good as they do. But UCLA always is pretty fun at 29-5. So there'll be a lot to look forward to. As you're going to have games pretty much all day Thursday and Friday. So if anybody ever gets time to get time off work or call on a sick day, that's when you do it because you got hopes from about 1 to close <laughs> in the first two days. Yep, no doubt. And, and Gonzaga, to me, they're always that one team that's going to have a lot of offense, but that's more by the fact that they're not in a very good conference. Right. Any given round, they could be upset. And I think likely it could be against Kansas, either one of Kansas or UCLA. I'm thinking they lose in either one of the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 this time around, given that the season they, that they've been having. It's not the undefeated season that they've been having. They almost had that perfect season that one time, but then fell short to, I believe it was Baylor, if I remember. Yes, no, you're correct. 
And I'm looking at this just on the south side as we get a little bit of an intermission break here. It's a 4-2 lead for the Dallas Stars over the Seattle Crack, and we're just crossing sports there for the moment. I see Alabama has a number one seed at 29-5. and I'm not going to go through all the investigations and stuff like that that was going on a couple weeks ago, but when you think about Alabama, I always think about them as a football school, but you might have to turn that thought process around, or at least I do, because 29-5 and on the season in a number one seed. Wonder how far they can go. Maybe Final Four by the looks of it and how dominant Brandon Miller has been having. Though it seems that Final Four could be in the in markings for them, considering that's where they're going at. Maybe so for them, considering how he has been, been doing. So, yeah, basically, it's either him or Scoot Henderson for the number two pick in the NBA draft. Because by all likelihood, Victor Wembanyama is going number one. So I have to see about all this, but Miller, the best player in the NCAA by far. Though they're going to be other competitors for the national championship because, you see, he teams like Houston, Kansas, Tennessee, possibly on an upset, mm-hmm. Purdue like, looking to make a run here, and Gonzaga looking to break their curse, UCLA looking to get as far as they could go, Marquette also as well, school that Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Way went to, Texas on two seed. Over at the Midwest Division. Keep an eye out as well. And, and we could probably look at upsets here. I'm, I'm looking at double C teams such as NC State and Drake. Yeah, you got to watch out for some of those mid-major schools. Again, my Oakland University, Golden Grizzlies, that was been a long time ago. Like When they made the tournament when I was going to college there, I know they lost to a Texas team with... Tristan Thompson and then Pittsburgh with DeWan Blair. I know those are NBA names that go back-to-back, but those were guys that played in the NBA that can do some damage. But with these uh, mid-major schools, you got to watch out for them. In the Big Ten country where I'm at, broadcasting from the Michigan side, I know about Purdue. We've seen them all year. Zach Eady's about seven foot four. It could be good, but the rest of these Big Ten teams, I'm not so sure how far they'll make it. But it's funny when you mention... Uh, Victor Wambayama or Scoot Henderson or some of these other names. It pains me. Again, I don't cover these games a lot for the reasons, but when I mentioned the Pistons, they were the first team with the 50 losses. I'm just hoping they win the lottery balls again because I'm tired of watching bad basketball over here. It's been bad basketball all across Michigan, really. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, except for Michigan State and for people that follow Michigan State basketball. Yeah, if you're dating back to the Draymond Green days, it's over there. But over in Detroit, man, has it been painful. A far cry from the bad boys' pistons. But you're hoping for the best for Kate Cunningham. And and the court is still around there, such as Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey, Isaiah Stewart, and Isaiah Livers as well. He's been stepping up. Yeah, there are some pieces. I appreciate you saying that, but I mean, they they need to get the lottery balls in any way they can. If they can get one by Alma, get a new coach, or get something else, I mean, there'll be there'll be something there. But between like the Pistons, the Tigers, that's uh, like awful. So the Red Wings kind of fell out of it, as I knew that they would, because they're still rebuilding a little bit. I I find it very hard to believe, Alec, and I'm not saying this because I'm not the biggest football guy in the world as compared to everybody else. I do cover the other three sports quite frequently. But when your best success in Detroit is maybe the Lions, you kind of think hell's freezing over. <laughs> well, it appears that m- maybe hell may freeze over anytime between now and then because 
they, they're making a move in the offseason to possibly improve that defense because Cam Sutton was brought in on a three-year deal at a total of $33 million yeah. on that contract. So it's an $11 million per year salary for Sutton. Comes over from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So good pickup because he was one of the key pieces on that secondary for the Steelers uh, over the past few years, especially in this past season when he and Levi Wallace were the starting tandem. And now that Sutton is gone, the Steelers look to replace him, possibly with a corner. Maybe Joey Porter Jr. is what they're looking right after. But now we're getting back into action here for this third period. So I'm over on the Root Sports Northwest side. Yeah, we got the cracking guys on the bench. Dave Haxtell, the bench boss as well. So you got Maddie Beneers and Wyatt Johnson. They're doing a look side-by-side. Side. 19 golds leads all NHL rookies for Maddie Beneers. Wyatt Johnson, 17, tied second among all rookies. You want to see who's going to win that Calder Cup? I think it's probably still Beneers right now, but maybe he won't even have the goal scoring lead by the time this is all said and done because Dallas, they look pretty good. They got a 4-2 lead right now as we're going to get set to go with the final frame unless Seattle can do something else about it. They're going to be going left to right here in this entertaining game. It's still a minute five left to go in Dallas's power play. This is their third, and they've already scored twice. Meryl Heiskanen, he's going to gain the entry off the one-on-four. It's Joe Pavelski in his pass. Goes near the left side of the red line, and Vince Dunn will just slap shot this thing all the way back down on the other end as it finds the goal stick of Jake Ottinger, and they'll leave it calmly here for Rope Hintz. Pick it up now by Haskinen. Haskinen will drop this one here for Rope. Now he'll get across the tentacle last as he gets across now for Ben near the left wing side. He's on his offhand. Drop it here for Haskinen. Now Robertson lets one go and scores! Third time's the charm! Three for three! Robertson with another power play goal! Oh, there it is. Perfect on the spot. Jason Robertson. Johnny on the spot on the one-timer. Top of the right circle. Him and Miro Haskinen converting there. This might have went off a Kraken player's stick. We'll see about this, but this is a perfect feed for Robertson. And bingo. Three for three. You said it. Dallas keeps on rolling. You tried to tell everybody, Alec, on that side, and you're correct, and I agree with you. Stop going to the box if you're Seattle. You're down by three because Dallas has scored three power play goals. As we return back to full strength, that's collected on the score, Chiron, on Valley Sports Southwest. It's 5-2 advantage on the scoreline, 27 shots to 25 in favor of Dallas. They're trying to get back-to-back -back wins against Seattle, and they're going to be playing them again next week. They're going to try to go 3-0 in the series, but that one will be at the American Airlines Center. As this is picked up now across the red line, racing down the right wing is Manny Beneers. As this eludes a couple body contact, and Nessa Lindell will be able to flip this one down as it's collected by Seattle. And they got to press now. I mean, I understand that there's a lot of time in this third with 1835, but you're down three goals. And Dallas looks like a completely different team from what we saw last year as far as the goal scoring department is concerned. Again, they said the last eight games, there was four-plus goals. They've already hit the five-marker now, and still tons of time left to go in this third as this is picked up. Seattle will try to put this off the left side of the red line. That was nicely tipped out of the air by Essa Lindell. Probably saved a goal, and this will fall back to Seattle now. Seattle with the long outstretch pass. This goes in between the legs of Jake Ottinger, and now this gets picked up by Seattle, and they'll get some body contact near the red line, but they can't corral it yet as Schultz 
had a piece of it and he wanted to make sure he didn't do anything bad in front of the ref, he'll go ahead and take a change. Long outstretched pass here. Will Borgen try to race down the right wing side as he gets taken away by Olofsson and this gets collected by Ottinger again as he plays it with the goal stick. Picked up now by Seattle. Getting across the red line now is Dallas in between the legs. Have an opportunity and this is just knocked away at the last moment. And Martin Jones doesn't have his goal stick, but this is with Seattle now. It's a three-on-two. They have this evenly spaced from right to left, and Jaden Schwartz will press in deep as Haskinen gets this back around the end boards now, and this will get sent all the way down. 17-18, left to go on the third. Robo with the power play goal, and Dallas now up by three. 27-25 on the shot board as Seattle. Let's their teams change. Both teams are going to do so. This will go back over Carson Soucy. And his pass bounce off done. Picked up here by Maddie. Maddie with the cross pass. And that one goes just wide. There was Jared McCann with a sizzler of a wrist shot. But that one goes off the right side of the boards and up and out of play. Oh, chance for Seattle to answer right back. And Jared McCann just ripping that one wide. But before that, there were some good chances there. And yeah, that, that was some good baseball skills by White Johnson to back yeah. that out of the zone from right in front of uh, Ottinger. And some good baseball skills there. And, and you know, those other, those wrong sport moments, sometimes they can come to fruition, such as, so as soccer, such as kicking the puck around, tipping, tipping the puck around with the base, like a baseball. Those wrong sport moments, of course, they can come to fruition sometimes. And that worked out for Johnson. Especially when you think about hockey players, not just be able to skate, stick, handle, do everything else. You're pretty much going to be well-rounded. It's the toughest sport to play in my eyes. I will fight that to the death on that side. As we're back underway, 16-30 left to go on this third. It's now a 5-2 advantage for Dallas. I know what the scoreline says, but this has been a very entertaining game nonetheless. But it's been a while since I've done a broadcast. Happy to be joined here by Alec as we take this nightcap in. But this has been uh, games, and this is just a three-game schedule. All these have been kind of blowouts. It's picked up now for Ben. Now Marchman. Marchman trying to center it out in front of the slot. And this gets canceled off near the left side. Dot as Dallas will try to get back to this quickly. Play this in the... High part of the slot, and Domi will just take a long flip to the right side of the wall, as this is a chance for Delandria, as he was getting bodied off the puck, and now Alexiak trying to make his life difficult, as this is played in between the legs, but this is kept in by the Stars. Stars now have this in the high slot here for Joel Hanley. Hanley, patient, fires it right on, and that was saved by Jones in front of the traffic. Got the screen right in front, was looking for the perfect link to shoot there, but instead meet, meet the glove hand. Now, as we're looking at the schedules ahead for Dallas, six of their nine games coming next up. They're coming on the road, though they'll return home at some point as they wrap up the six-game road trip. Seattle, they have 15 games left after this, seven of them within their division. It's going to be very important as far as for Seattle is concerned, and Dallas too, but as far as Seattle, where they're going to finish if they can't uh, start picking up some of these points, they're going to be trying to hang on to that WC2 at worst. As it's 7-1-2 and two in the last 10 road games for Dallas. 35 goals for, 20 against, and a 934 team save percentage. Well, there's something behind the net. Seeing that Will Borgen and White Johnston, they're going right after each other. I'm not sure what the ward is all about, but the lines might quickly separate the two. Not major words about uh, the, uh, against the two of them, but it seems that Borgen, let's see, is he right near, see, there's going to, okay, we're going to get a word from the official. 
We're going to get a penalty call for something, according to Belly Sports Southwest. So a high-sticking call. And it looks like Borgen got hit in the mouth. So the, Seattle's going to go to the power play. And, and let's see here. Will Borgen, he's arguing with the, the refs about something. I don't know who got high-sticked. It seems that Borgen... Okay, so he's going, yeah, right after the puck, Johnston tried to stick him up high, and then Johnston, oh yeah, he got, jo okay, Borgen got Johnston from behind, and, and, and Johnston, and Borgen's arguing that Johnston was tugging him and hooking him, and, and though Dallas is perfect on the power play thus far, I, 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 maybe this could be a case of, this should be a four on four, maybe so, but I just don't know about this. Ugh. I, you know what? Honestly, on the second look of it, as my feed starting to freeze momentarily, hopefully not. It has Dallas on the uh, power play, but I think this is going to be. Uh, we'll figure out what this is going to say at the end of it because I think they could have went either way, as you said. I thought maybe both of those should have probably went in the box, but here it is now for Suter. As this is picked up now, three for three on their power play for four shots. See if they can make it four for four. As it's Mason Marchman down on the right wing side. Again to Donov, looking for the tip. As this is picked up by Marchman, try to keep it alive off the backhand. I'll take this back D to D for Max Domi. Now for Marchman, off his forehand, try to play this pass quickly here for Wyatt Johnston. Chance for Domi in the middle of the circles. That shot gets blocked by Brandon Tanev. As Johnston settles it down here for Domi, Suter, give and go, slap shot, bounces off to Donov, goes back to the Stars, and now the Stars have this magnetic puck possession before it's finally cleared out. Seattle had that on their previous power play, but they didn't score, but Dallas has done nothing but score as it's one minute left to go on their fourth power play, already three for three. Miro Haskinen gains the entry nicely off the backhand, sets it up for Pavelski. His drop pass, Robertson in the middle of the circles. He's patient off the drag. He'll spin off the backhand and pivot near the left side dot. Nice give and go from Rope Hands, Jimmy Ben. It's Jason Robertson now. Here's a chance now for Jamie. Captain's got it. In the high slot, sauces it back to Robertson. Robertson patient for Pavelski near the left side circle. A little too much passing there as it goes back to Jake Ottinger. Still 30 seconds left to go for Dallas, but again, it's not all that important that they go 4 for 4 as they're up by 3 goals. They just want to continue to kill some time and stop Seattle from getting any points. As Dallas has been hot of recent, especially they've averaged over five goals a game in their last eight, and they're at five right now. Jason Robertson passes it back to Rope Hands. He gets one more entry here on the play and the power play side of it. And now Colin Miller gets it now for Robertson. Try to find Pavelski, but that gets blocked. Miro Haskin in with a bomb. And that goes off the right side of the wall, gets recollected by Miller. Seattle returns to full strength, but it's still in the offensive end here for Dallas. Looking for another deflection. This bounces off of one of the Kraken. Gets across the right side wall now. Plays it off of a nice move. Seattle going to go ahead and get the entry, keep this off the toe drag. And now one of them blows a tire as Haskinen tries to get a piece of it. Tolvanen, he got wiped out. As one of the stars lost the stick, here comes a slap shot from Borgen. That's right in the catching glove of Ottinger. And Seattle fans were wanting a penalty for whatever happened to Tobin and behind the nets. They're not going to get one there. The official's arm wasn't up. But then Dallas, even though this, this penalty kill was as important for Seattle, probably for Dallas, it didn't mean uh, too much for right. them. Despite, uh, even though they didn't convert on that power play, 
they're likely just going to run some time off this clock and prevent the Kraken from storming back here in Seattle. So not all that important that man advantage this time around. They, they were free for free earlier. No, you're right. And I think, especially for both of us as we're taking this game in, I think, again, it certainly speaks to the message being sent. Uh, Dallas, more than likely not, will go to 37, 17, and 13 on the season. And you want to see how good they're going to look, especially at the beginning at the uh, beginning of the year now from where they are now. If they continue to put goals in at this pace, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be as good as the Colorado Avalanche, but we're trying to find a you know, 2A, 2B type team, and you know what I'm saying, to compete with the Edmonton Oilers. Can the Dallas Stars be in that same regard? Right now I say yes. Basically so, without putting up all these goals and whatnot, because Edmonton, of course, they're going to make it tough against Dallas should the two face in the first round if the season were to end today. That, that's the matchup right here. Dallas having the home ice advantage, the Oilers on the road to begin this series. Maybe this could be a seven-game series if these two were to face. Just remember, the Oilers with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and everyone that's back there, plus the addition of Matthias Eckholm, and unleashing Evan Bouchard on that power play of the first unit. He needs more power play time on the first unit, and he's getting it there. And arguably has a better slap shot than Tyson Berry has. So maybe this could be the spark that he needs. Man, when we talk about these playoff matchups, again, I have to remind myself as far as the points and seating and the way that it goes. If you're telling me we can get Dallas and Edmonton in the first round, I'm just, like, jacked for that one. That would be an excellent one, Alec. Oh, yeah. I always think about 1997 when the Oilers poured a 7th seed that year, upset the second-seeded Stars. The breakaway by Todd Marchant, who was at the Oilers at that time. That would be a lot of fun if we can get that. Again, the playoffs are getting closer every single day. And that one off the backhand. As Jared McCann got it knocked away by Jake Ottinger. That could have been an opportunity for a 5-3 game. But Vince Dunn, nonetheless, he'll get a chance to collect this now. As I'll pull back up my rosters with 12-20 left. Picked up now off the cross pass. Jared McCann tried to find one of the cutting Vince Dunn there. As this will fall back, Jordan Eberle gets this in the high slot. He looks for the traffic deflection. And that was off the left pad of Ottinger. And collected now by Dallas in their own end. we got about 12 minutes left to go in regulation here. Dallas up comfortably. And Jake Ottinger, the camera just peeled back to watch him go back out of his net. And now Daniel Sprong tries to get a piece of it, but using the body turn nicely. Essel Lindell gets a chance to pick this up now. Lindell will get this back off the drop pass. And this will get centered in deep there by Dallas. And as Alex said, they're probably going to continue to just kill some time here against Seattle as they know exactly what they have to do now. They're up by three, and they can do so comfortably. Keep this puck in the zone and continue to move it around. The suitor gets us across. Picked it up here for Essa as he'll put this back around the end boards here as Martin Jones will look around. Martin Jones has had a little bit of a tough game right now, but he's had to deal with a lot of deflections. But that doesn't change the same narrative that Seattle has been looking for. They need some goaltending help, and they're just not getting it when they need it. So off the backhand, this is picked up by Seattle in their own end as Dallas can go ahead and take some changes. They had a couple four-checkers there. Jamie Ben going to get off the ice right now as this falls back to the Kraken. Played off the right side wall. 
But even with four Seattle Kraken there, this is still going to stay with the Dallas Stars as they keep the snow on the right side wall. They can't seem to get out of their own way, can Seattle, right now. This will play this off the embankment, trying to get this left to right. They just can't do so. And this will fall back into the left side red line. Here comes Dallas again with a couple of steals. And they'll wire this one high and up and out of play. All sorts of pressure from Dallas on one end. Oh, that was so close by Jared McCann to bank it. He had an empty net. But then Radic Fox, I saw that McCann was tr going to bank this in on his backhand on the loose rebound. And Fox are rushing in to prevent that chance. And by with that perfect timing stick in the lane. I got to give it to Fox up for that defense that he's been giving Dallas because that was a much needed defensive stop there. I'm glad you brought that up because I just got that replay. That was a picturesque stick lift that saved a goal. As this is an offensive zone draw win by the Dallas Stars, and it goes up and on a play with 10.30 left in the third. So at this time, as we're looking on through the matchups for tomorrow, one that caught my interest as well is the Tampa Bay Lightning and New Jersey Devils. The Lightning look to gain some traction, and so are the Devils here. The Devils have a chance to take the division lead should the Hurricanes lose that same night. When we get to another commercial break, I'll have to ask you about Tampa. Something doesn't look right right now with their defense. Again, this must just be the malaise toward the postseason or all that time that they've spent in the playoffs, but they've got to get that together because it seems like Vasilevsky's been hung out to dry a little bit as this is picked up now. Haskinen will send this back around. Ty Delandria tries to get a piece of it. Now this is banked expertly off the end boards, and this will go back in the defensive end for Seattle. Here's a chance off the long outstretched pass from Will Borgen. Now the left wing side, here's Seattle racing down the wing, and great defense by Colin Miller. Just canceled off a wide open net to shoot at near the left side dot. As Seattle tries to send this back around, and there was Rope Hans with the 200-foot game. Plays this off the backhand. This gets ahead for Ty Delandria. He knows he's going to get stuck in a stick battle as this gets across the tentacle last. And now Tolvin in with a toe drag as this gets knocked away. Picked up here, Roddick Foxa trying to get a couple of stick battles. And in joins a few Olafs in there as this is Matty Beneers. Beneers, patient and behind the office here of... His goaltender, Martin Jones, and Beneers will spin. He's got it near the left side faceoff dot, and I'll make the drop pass to the D as I'll try to acquiesce this thing left to right. Here's an outstretched pass for Everlay, and that goes off the left pad of Jake Ottinger. That was a good design there for Seattle. They're going to need more of these as they're down three, but here's a chance on the other end off the backhand, and that was saved by Jones. This stays in the zone as Esselindel trying to hold that blue line. Matty Beneers will watch this one go. Back into the neutral zone off the flip. This gets collected in between the skate blade of Beneers. And an offside is going to be called a hybrid one. But we're still underway. This is going to go back with the Stars. This Seattle had to go back and check up Ty Domi. Ty Domi. Excuse me. Max Domi will get this one in. And now Marchment is going to go ahead and grab this now. you got all these sons and fathers. I'm getting my names mixed up. As this is picked up now. Marchment with a shot with Domi. And this one's solved by Jones. Oh, Max Domi, speaking of Ty Domi, I think, I, I'm hoping that Ty is proud of what Max is doing up at, down in Dallas, and at the same time proud of what he did in Chicago to boost that trade value up to be a six NHL team in his young career. Uh, man, he's, for someone who's doing so good throughout his career, I, I don't get why he's getting tossed around. I, I get Chicago is a bad team. I get that. 
And I get that Columbus added the time that where he's at. They're also a similarly bad team. And he wasn't really doing much with Carolina, but he didn't need to for them. Remember that Game 7 performance against Boston to take down the big, bad Bruins? And then now he goes over to Dallas and finds a new home there. It seemed that Carolina was going to reacquire him. They were outbid. And then Dallas on the other side getting that boost that they need from Max Domi. And Ty Domi would be a proud father. I think so. And I, you, you mentioned something that I wanted to go ahead and pick up here and see if I can find the name. Because I'm thinking, as you said with Max Domi and your points well taken, remember Dylan Strom's been trying to find a home and didn't he just sign an extension this year with the Washington Capitals? He's had a pretty good year. Maybe Max Domi will be able to get something similar. Yep, Dylan Strom got that five-year extension with Washington. And Washington... What they're trying to do is a rebuild on the fly because they're selling off some of their veterans but keeping some other veterans around, such as Nick Jensen and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who they signed to extensions. Maybe they can do the same with Rasmus Sandin, who they acquired from Toronto. They're getting John Carlson back in time for next season as well. So he, Sandin, Jensen, and Van Riemsdyk, along with two other young options, and Alexander Alexeyev, and maybe even Vincent Iorio, who got some time up. Oh, well, I, I, I forgot one other guy. It was Martin Ferrari, who, who has been usually Carlson's defensive man and stalwart right next to him. Those two, the offensive duo that Washington's been having. But maybe even Iorio could see some time as a call-up. And probably as an eighth defenseman, because the seventh defenseman role is being taken by Matt Irwin currently. His contract may be expiring after this season. I can't remember as of now. But Alex Sayev could see regular minutes starting next season. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're Washington, you have to continue to do those things by the fly. Just like we're saying with Domi, you want to get a contract and find somewhere you're going to be. Maybe it'll be in Dallas. But certain teams like that, you got to find some talent. you got to knock them the contracts when you can. Because when you make these moves at the deadline, sometimes it makes sense to hold on to those pieces rather than move away from them. As Tolvanen's pass... This gets knocked away. Now here's an opportunity for Domi. Domi's in full flight, but he, there was four Seattle cracking a one. He couldn't win that race as this gets picked up down near the right side wall. Canceled off Yanni Gord. Tries to get a piece of it. This will get sent back to Seattle. They're running out of time right now. About 7.45 left to go on this third, and they're down three goals. Looks like Dallas might take both back-to-back -back meetings against the team, both at the Climate Pledge Arena as they just played the other day and lost the game in OT. So this goes now for Seattle. Seattle now gains across the red line. Jared McCann, watch this get knocked away from him as this goes back to the captain, Jimmy Benn, for the Dallas Stars. He's had a great year for Dallas, and a lot of these stars right now, they are getting all that scoring punch across the lines, which is something we haven't been able to set as we've talked about. As this gets collected, picked up now Haskin and will send this in off of his skates. I'll put this in behind the office wraparound opportunity and that got brushed aside off the second effort by Seattle as he knocked away from Martin Jones crease and Donato will get a piece of this near the players bench as many veneers. He was canceled near the right side wall as he takes a spill. One of the stars loses their stick. A couple of them are skating right over right now. They'll just kick it away as there's some changes, but a little bit of miscommunication as this goes on the right side wall for Jaden Schwartz, and bodies are just flying everywhere. This will stay in the offensive end, fall right to Seattle in the middle of the circles, but Wemberg's shot gets blocked. 
Trying to pick it up now off the forehand. Wimberg still with this thing. He's going to pivot near the left side of the faceoff circle. Now work on his forehand and try to pick up a pass as Jaden Schwartz, but he got turned all around and then he got dumped as it's 6.20 left to go in the third. This will go back into the defensive end. Oliver Bjorkstrand will get the pass collected here from him. We have through a couple of bowling pins, but good defense by Robo as he cancels it off and sends it in deep. This will stay in the defensive end for Seattle as a couple players run into each other. And now Dallas continues to just kind of kill some time as Jason Robertson got an outstretched stick out there. But this will go now here for Wenberg. Wenberg, former Columbus Blue Jacket, help gain the entry there for Donato. Donato fire this off the outside of the cage, goes in behind the net. And this will be Joel Hanley. Hanley with a backhand opportunity. As this will get flipped back down and this will be touched up for a hybrid icing by Schultz. And you mentioned that good defense by Jason Robertson. Yeah, he took that block from that shot by Alex Wenberg on that one-time feed. Robertson, yep, he can score goals, he can lay some dice, and yes, he can block the shots there. And he just had a crucial shot block for Dallas as they look to run out this clock. I'm not trying to throw out this comparison right now because Austin Matthews is very lofty, but... I think that's one of those situations where we talk about Austin Matthews, the amount of goals he can score. You talk about that for Robertson with the amount of goals he can score. But, man, these guys are great 200-foot players, aren't they? Very good 200-foot players. So 5.30 left to go in this third. And Dallas, again, as we talked about in that draft, in between Robertson and Heiskanen and Ottinger, all in that same deal about 2017 time. That's how you set your franchise in the right spot, as this is picked up now. By Seattle, they are able to win a one-on-three battle, as they should, as this eludes Jared McCann. Heiskanen will have a look at it, but Colin Miller's pass. We get a chance for Ty Delandry. A nice setup off the drop as he tried to get it back from Domi to Delandry off the give-and-go play. And this will be picked up off the inboards now. Dallas content to just continue to kill some time as Seattle's got to make that press, but Dallas just not allowing them to do so. They've been closing it down, not even just the neutral zone trap. They've been throwing the body, doing a little bit of everything. Very impressed of what I've seen from Dallas so far. Kyle Miller gets the entry now and through the neutral zone, gets on a couple of stick battles, and then he'll go ahead and take his change as this will fall back to Martin Jones as they get in close look to Max Domi with the Spitting chiclets with the gapless tooth smile, but that's what you have this time of year. You're a hockey player. And somebody got knocked down when the camera on the offside. That's Mason Marchman as he's slow to get up. We'll see if the Seattle cameras pick up on that. But I think we're going to commercial break. Yeah, the Seattle cameras are picking up on that. Yeah, he's slow to get up. He's getting helped, and now he's getting off on his own power. Got some help in getting up from the medical training staff. So he's skating to the Dallas bench. So they're going to look at him over at the medical room where, where that's at over the, at the Dallas locker room where the visitors at Climate Pledge Arena for that but Dallas sitting comfortably at that 5-2 lead but if, if this is any major significance for Marchment we'll see what the injury is all about yeah we'll have to get a clarification on that because on my look I either saw a left knee I also saw him holding his wrist so hopefully when the cameras cut back we can relate to you what we see because that would be a loss I know there's been some times where you didn't think he'd have the start that he was going to have. He was incredibly hot at the beginning of the year, sitting on the second or third line. Kind of cooled off a little bit, but he's been a pretty good pickup for Dallas in this offseason. Not only an offensive threat, but someone who can lay out the boom when on the ice. Yep, yep that's exactly what you need. 
And again, I try not to gush all over myself just a fair uh, one game, but it's been a while since I've seen Dallas. So we'll, we'll see right now if they can continue to keep this up because this goal scoring has been absolutely impressive. So I'm going to see if we get any replays here. So Vince Dunn was trying to get around a check. I believe that was Marchment, and they might have just hit knees. That's what they showed on the Valley Sports Southwest feed. So my best guess, guess, it's incidental contact between the two sides because it's not showing it right now on the Root Sports Northwest feed. So the cameras are on Dunn, who seem to have initiated the contact between him and Marshman. So incidental contact, as I'm saying again. Now I'm showing it here. So Jones points out and as Dunn was looking to pass, yep, incidental contact. That's a good luck by you. I'll be able to reiterate that. Here's another one for you. 672% road points percentage. If that would hold or continue somewhere around that mark, that would be the best in franchise history for the Dallas Stars. How about that? Yep, how about that for the Dallas Stars? And with Peter DeBoer as your head coach, well, it's clear that Rick Bonus needed a change of scenery, and he's getting that over at Winnipeg. DeBoer comes over after getting exiled from Vegas. And the for the first time, which they missed the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Now he comes over to Dallas, and immediately the Stars getting an offensive spark up and down the lineup. And that's exactly what they wanted going into the offseason, and they've still been able to keep all of their same defensive intensity, and that's what makes it scary. So about 4.20 left to go in this third. It's all but over right now. This has been a good dominant effort here by Dallas. Again, make no mistake about it. This is a good Seattle team. Whether or not they have the same type of success at home, they have not at Clement Pledge, but still, this is a hell of an effort here by Dallas. As this is collected now with the right side wall. Wyatt Johnson tries to get a piece of it. Now down to four minutes, as this will be picked up here by Seattle. As this gets across the red line, and Ben will be able to gain it. This is picked up now here for Martin Jones. Martin Jones will get the pass near the left side of the red line. 32 shots to 28. 5-2 scoreline in favor of Dallas as they're trying to go 6-0 on their road stand. They would have to pick up a couple more wins to do so, but it's one of the longest stretches of the year toward the end of the year. And that's what you want to have, get some dominance. As this is picked up now, Will Borgen lost it. In between the neutral zone, this is going to be a drop pass opportunity for Dallas. Heiskin is wide open. He hit the left side of the bar. As this goes back across the blue paint, try to get picked up by Dallas. And this is flipped up and across the neutral zone. Here's a chance for Bjorkstrand as he made some nice moves as he toe-dragged in. But Ottinger made the save with the right pad. Man, that would have made it 6-2 had that gone in. But Miro Heiskin had just banked that one right off the pipe. Then Oliver Bjorkstrand looking for a chance right in tight, unfortunately just ran out of room. And I'm impressed to see what the future of this Dallas Stars team looks like. People are questioning why they chose White Johnson over Logan Stankerman at first. Now they see why. They're getting everything they can out of Johnson early on. Not to mention that there are other guys who are set to arrive in the future, such as in Maverick Bork, Antonio Stranges, and the aforementioned Stankerman. Maybe even Riley Damiani as well, and Thomas Harley. When you mention uh, Stakeman as well, I got a chance to watch him a little bit at the WJCs. And for Wyatt Johnson to be as good as he is, and you give a chance a little bit more for Stakeman to get some seasoning, uh, Dallas is in a really good spot as this one goes up on the players' bench. I couldn't agree more. Of course. And, and you look at Dallas, they're, they're getting some call ups over from the AHL just recently. Frederick Olofsson 
number 42 in the victory green for them. Seeing some fourth line time out there, and he's providing a boost down there on that line with Braddock Fox and Joel Kibirata, the Game 7 hero from three years back. And again, from everything that we talked about, I have to give a lot of credit to Jamie Benn because you wondered if he was going to be the same type of player that he once was. He is getting, getting a lot older here, but and he's having a great year. This kind of seems like the type of year that you have to have when you want to be able to make that push as Robertson is mixed out there with Domi now. This is going across the left side of the glass, and this will be sent back down here for Seattle on their own end. They're going to be taking the L today, and this will be the back-to-back -back one against the Dallas Stars. they got one more meeting coming next week. This is going to get all their meetings pretty much all done within a week and a half time as this gets flipped away from Turbo and now collected across the red line side. Picked up here, Schultz. Play this across the defensive partner. They're going to just play a little uh, keep away right now. And then take a 50-foot pass that gets sent in toward the left red line side as Esselindel will watch this go around the inboards. This is collected here by Jordan Eberle. Justin Schultz try to get a piece of it as well. But Hockenpah making life difficult as this is flipped back down. A minute 45 left to go in this third. Old Dallas here for the most part. As this is picked up, Lexiak, he lost it in between escape blades. He might have a chance to actually get to this now, but this is only going to get across the red line. This will go back to Dallas as they just continue to kill this time away. As Roddick Foxa on the fourth line time will go back to take his change, and there's just about 90 seconds left to go. Eberle make his pass. He'll gain the entry as this gets bounced between Manabineers. This goes off the right side of the wall and then sent all the way down by Wyatt Johnston. Go ahead and get collected here. Carson Soucy. Back in behind the net now for Martin Jones as we've hit about a minute left to go in this third. John out here with you, joined by Alec Nava as we were taken in this nightcap. There's only three games on the NHL docket today as Donato tried to find Sprong off of a windmill deke move and Johnson will do the due diligence and clear it down and race for the puck. Here's an opportunity here for Dallas, but only momentarily. They'll collect it now to the right side wall, put it back D to D. Here's a chance for Hockenpah, and that one got whistled just wide into the left side red line. Picked up now by Seattle as they'll spin back here with Daniel Sprong. Sprong goes ahead and makes a 40-foot pass that gets collected. Sprong picks it up now near the right side wall. Sprong, still patient. He'll try to center it right out in front. This will go back to the defensive side for Schultz. Fake the slap shots as Broden will get this one with a stick broke in half for the Seattle Kraken, and that's got to be a summation of the way that this game has gone tonight. Nothing seemed to work well, even when they did score Seattle. Dallas came back and punched them right in the mouth as they're going to take four straight points against Seattle. This is back in behind the office of Ottinger, and that's going to do it. It's a 5-2 win for the Dallas Stars over the Seattle Kraken. That was impressive, Alec. Especially coming after that overtime win, last go-around, this is how you keep things up if you're Dallas. Especially when you go on the road and face Seattle for the second straight time in their home arena. Going on wreaking all sorts of havoc. Three power play goals in your first three opportunities on the man advantage. That's how you pay things off. Yeah, there really isn't any way that I could say that any better, Alec. I don't have anything else to add. When you come back, you get the first three goals on the power play. You essentially know this game's going to be a W. And that was a big one. It was a three-line score margin, 5-2, to two, as Dallas takes it. Again, these two teams are going to meet about another week or so. But Dallas is going to have to play again tomorrow. I think they're playing against the Canucks, so it'll be a back-to-back -back for them 
and for Seattle, I'll just look this up real quick before we close, what they got coming up next on that side of it. I'll have to scroll down here. My apologies. But on the sense of it, it'll be the San Jose Sharks. They're not going to play until Thursday, so they'll get some time to process this before they go back on the road where they play very well, so they'll need to rebound. Very much so, and, and the Dallas Stars continuing this perfect road trip that they're going through thus far and facing Vancouver next. And Vancouver being a very polarizing team this season, especially with the trade deadline moves that they made and shipping away Bo Horvat. And, but bringing Anthony Beauvillier to mesh in with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko, now they face a top-tier Dallas team that's been doing everything in their power to get themselves to that Central Division title. That will be their first since 2016. Just seven years to think about. That's absolutely crazy, man. I appreciate you joining me in on this broadcast, Alec. It was a lot of fun. I'll figure out what the assignment's going to be tomorrow, but I wish you well through the rest of the week. Let me know how things are going, and I'm sure we'll hook up and do this again soon. Hey, hope to do this again in the playoffs, maybe so. Absolutely, man. I, we will definitely pencil that in. I, you have my promise on that side, but we will talk soon. All right. Fingers crossed. <laughs>